for those who uh, who are not in this call right now and are listening to this episode the last thing i said before i started recording was it all started with foreskin i hope this makes sense hope we won't helped. explain anything else no. daniel how have you been okay boomer okay boomer stay the fuck off lux computer i got shooters i got zoomers like sorry i i'm i'm, I'm not doing great but you know <laughs> <laughs> i mean Oh, I can relate because I've had the um, number one for Jerry Royale year fortnight. We're about to get there. Oh, <laughs> in wait, my head. okay. Wait, Just this is the most... Tornado Town. I was listening to the... the original yesterday and I got so sad because of how poisoned that song has made. <laughs> I, this is... This most important thing i'm sorry this is this is what's actually in the background of my head image and all for the rest of like the, it's, it's very important that you all listen to us for a second stinky poop haha but the low fi <laughs> This version is pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, stinky. This is how I could have spent my birthday. (laughs) And now this is good audio content. (laughs) I know. What we do uh, on podcasts is... Uh, reference Ooh. media the listener can't see. Wait, do you want to see the message that I woke up to two days ago to give you an idea of also like kind of what started this off? This, is, this image. Yes, I don't know if you've seen. It's a very important image. Um, <laughs> I was I was I was about to report it to like uh, it was it was anti-Irish discrimination. Was it? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> can't wait to see it. Uh, this is the picture, and when I said anti-Irish discrimination is real. He goes, but the Irishman get the girl. <laughs> if Irishmen are oppressed. <laughs> help, help. Um, God. Imagine waking up at 5 in the morning. Your phone goes. <laughs> the ways that we find. The thing about all oh, stinky is that it is actually funny. Like, as bad as it is. It, it, it is like genuinely, there's genuinely good comedic moments in it. What if there was like an Irish version where he was like, oh, oh, stinky. Oh, stinky monkey. Stinky monkey. Stinky monkey. Should we clap soon? Yeah. Oh, that's a great idea, actually. The ways that we find to procrastinate every every week are just so exciting. This is this is the first listening question that was sent uh, sent to us. Which character in the Quoth Killer in the King Killer Chronicle you get one would find oh, oh Stinky the funniest? And which <laughs> <laughs> which one would, what kind of oh Stinky remix would Quoth made? That make that uh Was that question sent in by at Janusz Kapovari? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Friend of the show. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, I'm, a, I'm. You know, I need to come clean with you guys. I've never okay. seen this meme before in my life. Yeah, no, I'm gonna be honest. Me too. Oh really? You, <laughs> you got to watch but I have the been original. Nodding. You got to watch the original video. Hold on, it's this is this is culture. It's 24 <laughs> million views on this, and you haven't seen it. I just, it's just the lo-fi. That's the only one I care about. <laughs> okay, link and in the channel. I'll edit it. Edit do the audio see the into the podcast. To. <laughs> Stinky poop, <laughs> poopies, funny poopies, <laughs> la, 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 la. funny poop, poop funny, wee, <laughs> yay, poopy, good poop. Just like the fart sound that starts it off. It is such a shit meme. Poop, 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 funny, yay, poop, 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 I think I made a puppy. Oh my god, there's... Pooping pants, no diaper, that's funny. There's, there's actually a genius.com page for this. <laughs> okay, I had to stop at 40 seconds because I was, like, I could not handle it anymore. It was very good, thank you. Yeah, I, I liked it. that all the words said in that video really sum up this book. That's a great point. Mm-hmm. It's very thematic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um... <laughs> oh, <laughs> I I I'm completely unhinged after watching Oh Stinky. Hang on, I need to I need to, I need to like align my podcasting checkers. Um. Okay. okay, okay, I'm starting the podcast again. Actually, what the fuck is that, Murderinos? <laughs> Hello and welcome to Kvothe. <laughs> Fuck! Welcome to Kvothe Killer Chronicles. Chronicle, you get one. Chron- no, the podcast is Chronicles because oh, there's Chronicles. at least six episodes. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> um, we can people- count, unlike Patrick. Yeah, people <laughs> may be adding us for years and years, uh, like twenty years in the future. They'll be like, "Where's season three? And we'll be like, "Who? I don't. I don't know her. I don't know what that is." <laughs> Um, and unfortunately we will be right. Um, I'm Sarah, uh, pronouns she, they, her, and I am feeling stinky. Uh, Janosch, from the top. Uh, I'm Janosch, pronouns he and they, um, I have already forgotten everything about this book. We read a book? <laughs> what is a book? Mm. We just I don't would, know. I would uh, never read a book, what are you talking about? <laughs> Summer? Uh, I'm Summer, pronouns she and they, and I'm just I'm here for the fun of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and enough of murder, how about some Robin? Did you like that one? <laughs> <laughs> I did like that one. That was really good. Thank you. I love having uh, a name that can be a vowel. Um, so <laughs> uh, my name is Robin, uh, pronouns she and they, and um, I'm your manic pixie dream wife's boyfriend. <laughs> Hang on. A vial? Yeah, I was gonna wait, call you wait, out on that. Wait, Oh, fuck! <laughs> oh. I didn't know your name is O. <laughs> it only even has the one vowel. Fuck. My name See, is... My... I, I had any... to stay an hour longer at work today, which is so my brain's like turned into soup. So you can tell probably, but I'm excited to see how it sort of congeals throughout uh-huh. this episode. Mm-hmm. Excellent. We can all take a little dip in your brain mm-hmm. soup. And yeah. last but not least, Daniel. Mm, Daniel McClarkin pronouns he, him, um, ye. <laughs> is that your voice? That's all I got. That's all I, I, got. Also, I also enjoy the work of Kanye West. <laughs> Do you? Do you really? <laughs> 
There's a few good okay. albums. There's a few. We, yeah. we all enjoy some of the work of Kanye West. <laughs> um, I like what he said, Pussy in the Sarcophagus, because that has given Pot of Greed like a year long bit. <laughs> um, and I have to be grateful to Mr. West for that. It's a good line. It's a really good line. It is yeah, it's almost, almost as good as Conan Powell, Austin Powers. Listen, mm. some some people might some people might be like, oh, you go give Patrick Rothfuss a hard time uh, about you know the fact that his women are weird, and yet you like the line, if I fuck this model and she just bleached her asshole, and I get bleached my t-shirt, I'm gonna feel like an asshole. <laughs> Seems like double standards. <laughs> Look, I would I would give Mr. Rothfuss a pass if he would make uh, beats as good as Kanye does. <laughs> Have you not heard him play D and D? Jesus Christ! I have not actually. No, neither have I. I've, I have. I've actively avoided videos of <laughs> the boy. I avoided videos of Mr. Rothfuss. Um, I don't know why we're calling him Mr. Rothfuss. Uh, we don't respect <laughs> him. I've actively avoided videos of Pat until like 10 a.m. this morning when I decided to watch an interview, and it just made me really mad. Because mm-hmm. um, he kept <laughs> so doing like a little wiggle that just made him look like he was really proud of himself for writing what he yeah. thought was the best fantasy book ever. And I was like, I... <laughs> was this the very old interview from like 2003 when the book came out? Yeah, it was from like 2008. Yeah. That video is so interesting to me um, because, like, all the other all the later videos, in all of them, Patrick becomes, like, the guy that, uh, you know, Patrick becomes the, the person from Summer's Story, basically. Like, <laughs> mm. he's, he's super full of himself in all of the later videos, but he's also just, like, refuses to actually talk about the book in any way and just, like, comes up with other stories about how cool he is. <laughs> well, it, it's very, very funny to me because... Um, so like Neil Gaiman who has yeah. his problems. I don't want to pretend Neil Gaiman doesn't have yeah, I don't like some him. problems. But I, I, I don't dislike him. But the thing is like you, you can't deny that like he, he's kind of a big deal. He kinda has, you know. He is. Um and and so when he like publishes a book of essays, it's like here's just some musings of mine, or like he mm-hmm. has some blog post or interview that's mostly just like listening to Neil Gaiman talking about X, Y, or Z. Uh, you know, you're sort of fine. Pat Rothfuss wrote like two very mediocre books and now all of his interviews sound like the person wants to just talk to him I because think, he's like that charismatic i guess or that, I think it's you're very weird setting him a little short he wrote two very mediocre books and a rick and morty dnd comic that had like kids <laughs> wanting to fuck travis mcelroy shit you're so right dude i take it back i bring it you know that that's pretty much equivalent to sandman to be honest with you <laughs> Yeah, he deserves being given that stage over and over and over and mm-hmm. over. Uh, but yeah, what I was going to say, like in that first interview, he's much more awkward than in his later interviews. Like in his later interviews, he knows exactly who his audience is, super plays into it. Um, he's not like likable, but he plays up like the role of the asshole, funny mm-hmm. author who uh, you've you've come here because you think he's God and he knows that he's God for you, basically. <laughs> That's that's the vibe he gives off, I think, on purpose in his mm. later appearances. Men like like on the be. one where he talks about, where he's asked the question about which woman fucked him up so bad that he came up with Dana, right? That's Yeah. <laughs> Men should not be allowed to be, like, confident legally. <laughs> no. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and, and then in that old interview, he, he's much more awkward and he starts talking about how, like, he, he gets asked, well... 
what is the kinkula or what is the name of the wind about? And then he gives like a really bad answer that is like, well, if t- truthfully, I should tell you that it's like a subversion of the fantasy genre in which, uh, you know, like he, he gives, he gives like some super pretentious bullshit about how, uh, how it's like a postmodern fantasy or whatever that like <laughs> subverts all the genre tropes. <laughs> People who say that sort of stuff really need to like actively show their work, right? Like you know, because yeah. all the time people be like, uh, "The world today" or "The culture today" or whatever. It's like, what like what posts are you talking about? Because um, that's whenever anyone says yeah. that they're just talking yeah. about posts. It's like Pat, like what? Because are you reading like? I remember in um, Barnes and Nobles and Borders, which are two sort of like well, Borders is uh, dead in the ground, but Barnes and Nobles and Borders are two sort of like standard um, bookstores in the U.S. And, um, and you, uh, what do you call it? Um, they had a sci-fi fantasy section, uh, that was maybe, it was always like maybe two, uh, bookshelves large. And most of those books you could just tell were horrible. Just like, just, (laughs) just the worst trash that Tor could churn out. Um, and if he's just reading that stuff, like, yeah, I'll I'll give you this much. The idea that your character, you know, is, is, I don't know telling the story of his youth is you know compared to most fantasy novels is fucking brilliant like it's the smartest thing you could ever do right mm-hmm. um yeah so if if you're if you're reading shit and you're like man i'm so glad i wrote a novel that's not shit like i, I guess i guess dude <laughs> i actually did some maths um also um just 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 to, uh, one of the themes of this podcast that i want to bring up again and again probably um daniel it's actually barnes and noble singular <laughs> <laughs> No, but like, so when I was watching the, the, I think it's it was an Orion Books interview from 2008, um, and he talks about in it because I watched the first half and then I kept watching it, but the only part I actually paid attention to was the first part. But like, he talks about being like a child or a teen, and he's like, "Yeah, man, I would read so many fantasy books. I read like one a day, sometimes two a day if they Mm -hmm. were small." And to be honest, I also did that when I was a child. Um. Hmm. Especially when I was living in like Brazil or India, like at the start, and like I didn't quite speak the language well enough to go out and have friends. Um, like I got there eventually, but like while I wasn't having friends, I would just like read all day. And like, yeah, I could get through a book in a day. Um, and like, so I was kind of like, yeah, that's a fat mood. Um, but I did like some maths on like the timeline of this. Um, the book was published in 2017. He talks about how it took him 14 years to write the book. Side note, he was born in, uh, 1973. Uh huh. Um, So that means that the idea for the book would have come to him in theoretically 1994, which means that like it's originating from like fantasy that came before that. And if you're reading a book, a fantasy book a day, it's originating from bad fantasy from the 80s and 90s. And (laughs) that makes a lot of fucking sense. Mm. Yeah, in the but author's um, note, the it literally... year thing. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. oh in, the, in the author's note, he literally says he started writing it in 1994. So that's you did your math just oh. right. <laughs> God. 
creepy. Yeah, and that I was that... gonna say that fourteen year thing. That's like I, cause I, I also like when I watched that interview. That was like the besides the like pretentious postmodernist stuff that he says. Which, by the way, he totally stopped saying afterwards. Like I, I have a theory that when he published the book, because he was he was like a uh, literature teacher at university or whatever. So I think when he published the book, he really thought this is gonna be like discussed in high literature circles, and that's the that's the audience he's gonna. Uh, he's gonna, it's gonna land with, and then what? it, then like by like teach? five years later, sure or like by the time, uh, by the time the Wise Man's Field came out, like it, uh, he he realized that he basically just appears to Joss Whedon fanboys, and that's <laughs> now that's the audience that he's <laughs> deliberately targeting. But I really think in that interview he was targeting a different audience. <laughs> what were you gonna say, Daniel? No, I was just gonna say that I, I don't remember what he actually taught. I thought he did like some basic like adjunct creative writing or something. I, I, I oh yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah I, I just mean like the academic context or whatever. I'm trying to mm-hmm. yeah, see yeah, sure, it. Sure. So it's like but but the, the, other, the other thing I was going to say like that, that 14 year thing really stuck with me because that's definitely a lie. <laughs> I do not believe him. Like, cause he says in the interview that it took him seven years on and off. And he wrote out the entire, the entire quote, uh, King Killer Chronicle, the entire series. He wrote it out. And it was too long, he realized at one point. So he just decided to end the first book after one third of the, of the entire story. One third of the entire story. And that's what, that's what the name of the wind is. And then it took Are him sure another so? seven years of rewrites and like more rewrites and like, uh, filling out some details or whatever. But he has the entire series already written. And Which I, you know, you know, you know who else uh, did that? Uh, uh, J.R.R. Tolkien. <laughs> I mean, if you want to talk about like like somebody who imagined a full book and then divided into trilogy because of length and publication yeah. issues, I mean, that's but, that like not Lord even his like Rings, origin story is original. Yeah, the, the Lord of the Rings does feel like one book. What that's how that's how Tolkien intent like like imagined yeah. it. Um, like it, it does mean, feel like one book in three parts. That's not the feeling the King Killer Chronicle gives me. Like, well, I mean, to be fair, the first book doesn't end. You know, that's true. It just mm-hmm. gets cut off in the middle of a sentence. Yeah, so it's it 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 does feel like it's not finished, which I guess sort of means it might feels like part of a larger work in that it just feels unfinished. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I've just been looking at big Google. <laughs> on Patrick Rothfuss's website, patrickrothfuss.com forward slash content forward slash author dot ASP. I don't uh-huh. know what that means. It's the about uh-huh. the author part. The part says Patrick eventually had to stop teaching in order to focus on writing. Doesn't say what he taught. There is simply a sentence uh, that's like, he went to uni, graduated. And then it says Patrick then went to grad school, full stop. He'd rather not talk about it, full stop. <laughs> okay. Like, <laughs> uh, what happened? <laughs> What? <laughs> I feel like that's untrue. I think saying Patrick would rather not talk about university is like blatantly a lie because isn't that like the whole first book? Yeah. <laughs> it's him being like, wasn't it cool to be at uni? I, but like the 14 years thing, I honestly kind of do believe mm-hmm. in that Pat Rothfuss's author story feels like the, the like, he's made himself into like the quintessential auteur working on their magnum opus in alone for 14 years and he says in that early interview that like oh the book is like a river i think the reason people like it so much is the book is like a river rock it's so smooth and polished because i was working on it for 14 years yeah and it's like (laughs) he's really selling the like auteur author kind of thing um and it, it kind of makes sense to me because like he seems like he spent 14 years in his own head in his own world without talking to anyone about like this and no one got the chance to be like dude that sucks 
Mm-hmm. That seems possible. You know? Well, yeah. okay, so I want to I want to bring us back a second. If this is our, like, final episode and we're kind of reflecting on, on certain things, we're going to take the fan questions coming up here. Um, but I, I kind of want to pull back and, like, not pretend that, you know, we didn't start this podcast because everyone hates Name of the Wind, right? They're kind of, kind of the exact no. opposite. And there, there, there's, you know, I don't have a theory of it right now. I haven't really thought about it too, too much. I haven't come to any sort of good conclusions. But, you know, it's very obvious to us, to us on a reread. It's major problems. And, and not even just problems of age, right? Like, you know, even, you know, some people might go, ah, well, it is 10 years ago. And, you know, how the discourse has developed in 10 years is blah, blah, blah. I don't even think it's like, it's, it's, it's just boring and bad in a lot of ways, but people still do like it. He's not blown smoke up his own ass. He sold a lot of copies. Uh, I was reminded by someone the other day, a friend of mine who I told the pot, uh, I told about the podcast and sort of um, idea of it. And she was like, you know, you recommended this book to me, right? Uh, <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I entirely forgot I had done that, but, you know. Yeah, you made me read My Wise Man's Fear. <laughs> yeah, you, 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 you put me on, you put me on this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm glad, but but and, and and but I just didn't say it's just like what is it just the vibe like or like what what is it because there's something there's something definitely here that got people who are not dumbasses I mean that's one thing you know we want to make fun of Pat and we hope that we've sort of explained at least in part some parts of the book that we found boring or questionable or whatever but like for those listeners who sort of are annoyed you made it this far thanks thanks that much we're not trying to call you stupid for liking this book or anything um you know a lot of us liked it going in for some reason but I don't know why. I can't put myself back in that spot. And I really kind of feel like I'm, I'm, you know, experiencing some sort of amnesia or something. I just can't quite remember. I wonder what if was it the... has, like, maybe something to do with the fact that you just, like, pointed out that it's a lot of it is, like, really boring and cliche. But I think it might be that it's, like, written in a romantic way. So it almost makes... Like, as you read it, you almost find these things that you experience in your own life in a more romantic and slightly more magical way. That's, I feel mm. like when I think about it, that's really the feeling I get, the fond feeling I get. <laughs> yeah. I, because I think I said this in episode three, or when we were reading the third part of the book, when we were talking about how mm-hmm. people Chapter only 69. remember certain parts. And that there's like a different version yeah. of Name of the Wind that exists yeah. in everyone's mind. Mm-hmm. And like whenever I was thinking about the fact that Pat Rothfuss, um seems to fill this image of the singular auteur genius sort of, I know, myth, I guess, or some shit. Like, I'm just wondering if people... Especially like fantasy fanboys in like 2007, like looked at that and like and are like, oh, this guy, this must be good. I don't I think know. So. Like, are people just putting themselves no- into the book? He wasn't known when it, he wasn't known when it came out. Like, I what I do remember clearly is there's a friend. I won't. I won't. He even though he has a great nickname, he was a friend of mine uh, who recommended <laughs> to. But I'm not gonna out of here uh, to. <laughs> All he recommended the book to all of us, and we all read. Essentially, like he discovered it, uh, like almost right when it came out. And within the next few months, you know, I'm talking like maybe nine people out of the you know, larger friend group read it, and hmm. you know, we all sort of buy. Them. But this wasn't one of those things where you know, we maybe it made some Tumblr rounds or something. But this was this was. You know, Facebook wasn't really used for this social media type of blitz. I just don't remember there being like this. This uh, maybe there was something at 4chan. Maybe there's something on Reddit. Maybe there's something on some of the one of the sort of forums um, hyping it up. But like, 
there was this sense that like you discovered this book and it's this new guy. What's his name? Rothfuss. That's a kind of weird name, right? And he looks like he has this really long beard. And uh, you know, but again, it was one of the things that I don't remember there being you know they, there's no name recognition or people knowing what they're getting into ahead of time right mm-hmm. um because mm-hmm. I, I think i got to it in like 2012 13 mm-hmm. um when the kind of the the, the snowball of the the rothfussness had sort of gotten rolling yeah yeah i didn't and like you know even go ahead um sorry i was just gonna say like then he was like a big deal but what is it? What summer? Summer? Uh, yeah, I was just thinking I didn't really get into it until like 2014, 15. I hadn't even heard of it before then. And like the only way I heard about it was just like going into actual bookstores and like asking for recommendations and it kept coming up. That's like mm-hmm. literally all. Yeah. I didn't hear about it on the internet or anything. But I do so. think yeah. that like this, his author image, even though it wasn't like for all of you or for obviously not everyone got into it because they saw uh, this, uh, this guy. Uh, and thought, oh, what a cool author. I'm gonna check his book out. But I do think he, like, <laughs> kind of carefully cultivated the specific image of himself. Like, he isn't even secretive about it. He, his Twitter bio yeah. is literally Manic Pixie Dream Hobo, which... Yeah. I don't even want to get into <laughs> why that would would suck to have that as your Twitter bio. But, like, he does his whole, like, look at my shitty beard thing mm-hmm. seems very intentional his whole like he said on desert island discord that his his image in his twitter profile pic is dark rothfuss <laughs> yeah no exactly yeah. That, yeah. so i mean i i so, so just this is my only my only potential i mean I, i'm sure there's some other you know I, I think we're close to something with the sort of vibe of the book and the vibes being big but the other sort of thing and i and i know i told this story early on about sort of um <clears throat> karen carson in his critique of Seamus Heaney's book of poetry North, uh, where he's just like this, you know, Heaney's kind of been predetermined to succeed um, for a lot of different reasons. And, you know, fantasy is a weird, like pub- big publishers are sort of weird and, and, and insular in a lot of ways. And they have marketing ideas and they have marketing plans. And sometimes they just pick a person and they pick a book and they go, this is, we're going to make this something. And part of me has to believe that like, you know, Rothfuss was kind of chosen for that. Again, I, this this is full speculation, but he was introduced to Gaiman and he was introduced to some of these like nerds in the field and he was introduced he, and, and they got him some like really big name fantasy author uh, support and they got him on these sort of panels and he was quirky enough and had this kind of, again, like the Joss Whedon vibe, which is so big at the time, right? Mm-hmm. It was such a like seller at cons and things. And I mean, I that's another, I, yeah, sorry. I have to think that that's what it was, but Anyway, I mean, I that's another thing that he brings up in the um, Desert Island Discworld interview where he talks about, like, this is where the Dark Rothfuss thing comes from because he was there, like, oh yeah, my, like, secret skills, well, like, my three skills are, like, writing, mup, and something or other, and marketing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yep. he, could, he just his... closed his way into fame, sounds like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He just you know, he he made up the bloodless thing, kind of knew exactly how to appear bloodless at the right time to get the to get the epithet. Um, and, and it's very hard to prove this stuff. I mean, like I'm sure that if this this is the problem for big good authors who are worth something, thirty years down the line, you're going to have a graduate student go through some archive where your stuff has been preserved and in someone's house, maybe in someone's um, maybe in some university's library, and they'll have a chapter that might get turned into a book, a uh, chapter that might get turned into a. Um, essay or something about uh the publishing blitz behind what happened or, or 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 sort of the history of how these books sort of got into circulation but for shitty authors like this right a, an author who i think like 
there's no, I cannot believe that Name of the Wind will, you know, stand the test of time, right? Um, no. it, it's hard to imagine <laughs> those, that those, <laughs> not, not after this podcast, no. um, but, but, um, that those that those pieces of evidence that they exist that those sort of internal memos in the publishing world that is agent sort of memos and what have you that they'll ever really come to light and so it's one of those things where I'm speaking you know speaking without real evidence here but it it feels like all the pieces are at least kind of hinting at being there i was gonna say about the longevity of this book i do kind of wonder because it it feels like if someone was reading this in 2021 and would get into it right now they might like react in a similar way that we did uh, reading or rereading this <laughs> one like well. i feel like even though the issues were like not even like they were ob- ob- obviously already like the back alley stuff or whatever already bad in 2004 mm. but we do we did do uh, uh yeah we did kind of reach uh a time i think where that would like those mistakes would be like more glaring and the aesthetic aspect that he's good at uh, or the you know vibes aspect might start working less strongly i don't know and i I do kind of wonder like if when doors of stone comes out if it's gonna be like because that means then the king killer chronicle you get one is gonna be in the news again uh, mm-hmm. and people will like buy the new book i wonder if it's just oh, gonna I be am... a huge disappointment and everyone is just gonna forget about the series i mean i think I'm... it is it has to be right it has to, like there's no way it's gonna be a satisfying conclusion i don't think it's possible no but i'm 100 sure this has been a marketing thing i'm sorry like <laughs> that, that that book three hasn't come out or whatever yeah. the whole you know like that's that's marketing that is like people... <laughs> he saw george R. R. martin doing it and he was like wow <laughs> <laughs> watch this <laughs> Yeah, watch this. Yeah, sorry. Uh, not to interrupt, but... Because I found that thing earlier today from his, like, agent or publisher, like, a, the quote that was like, mm, I'm convinced that Pat Rothfuss hasn't written a word since 2014. Well, yeah, so well, she's funny. like, I haven't read any of it. She's like, she's like, if he has, like, I've not, I've not read a single word of Pat's stuff. Okay. Right. Uh, Which is why it's interesting that he says he already wrote out the entire story. Like, yeah, I mean, I guess I just like revisions or yeah, stuff like that. But I have this like theory. I yes. think it's more of a fantasy than a theory, honestly. Like a kind of Pat Rothfuss horny style fantasy. But I'm asexual, <laughs> so this is what I fantasize about. And mm-hmm. it's just like <laughs> part of me really, really hopes that like the reason that Pat hasn't written book three is because he's realized that the entire tower of world and story that he's built is a stinking pile of shit and that that's because he's become a better person than he was when he wrote this novel and therefore doesn't know what to do about book three because he knows it's gonna suck yeah Yeah. i don't (laughs) but that would involve my fantasy involves the fact that pat rothfuss might be a good person yeah i think that's mm. the questionable part of it i think the first part that's very likely i think it's very likely that the conclusion he came up with or like if he actually wrote it out it's very likely that he's now like oh no this isn't that good which like he's probably struggling to like find a balance between being the person that he thinks everyone like is Mm. the cool guy or whatever and like actually growing might be a little bit of a that might be that might be a thing yeah because he can't do character development because he's pat rothfuss (laughs) that's one thing (laughs) but also you can't really you can't really do growth from book two to book three if the conceit of the book is that it's told over three days that it's it's happening like over three days even though it's like a life story great point you can't it's it's very hard to do like significant growth from one book to the next one if if it's still like supposed to take place on the day after that 
Mm-hmm. I mean, there wanna... needs to be there needs to be See, some consistency at least. Yeah, go on. We've we've been saying we've been saying a lot of stuff um, about the longevity of this book, um, but I think it's one of those things where poly people don't reread it um, with a critical eye. Which fair enough. Like, who reads things with a critical eye? Like most of the time, if you're yeah, just picking up a fantasy sure. book, whatever. But I I want to lead us into. Um, talking about some of the reviews for this. I also want to, Summer, I would love to, after this, I would love to hear the author's note. Absolutely. Um, So many gems. In in your edition of this. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I think we can... Oh, go on. No, I just, I would love to hear, like, fucking Pat's words on his mm, success (laughs) as a fantasy author. No, I was just gonna say, like, have we, do we have, like, any more, like, lead-in thoughts or, gen- like, general thoughts? Or Because we, we, we have the Goodreads stuff, uh, we have listener questions, <laughs> we have the author's notes, so we have, like, a ton of things we can, like, actually talk about. Um, I mean, do you want to, like, I would actually um, quite like, at some point, to discuss the concept of naming, because, like, that is yeah. probably one of the things from this book that is actually interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also just want to say that, Robin, it was very thematically appropriate of you to change your name halfway through this podcast. <laughs> True. I can't believe you're being inspired by Name of the Witch. Oh my god. To name yourself. I should have just renamed myself Quoth. <laughs> I would have to um, kill you. That's not good. Like <laughs> Yeah, the, the, we are the Quoth killers, so Oh shit, yeah. It's I on guess. it's on site or I guess hearing, because it's a podcast. Hey guys, I heard you want to kill Quoth. Good news, that's me now. <laughs> Um, but like outside of a discussion of naming, uh, to follow on to the things we've already talked about, I was thinking, um, I know it's a terrible thing to do, but I spent the week thinking, Mm -hmm. and I think the reason that I started this podcast and wanted to do this podcast is that like, again, so many people, as Robin's about to read us, so many people were so into this book and I'm just trying to, I'm doing like Pepe Silvia voice thing yeah. going like there must be something here yeah. that's good. Can I provide like a there, there's got to be something good here, right? <laughs> um, and I'm just trying to find it. I Where was, is it? I was thinking about like the reason that we started this with the quote theme is because I think we all deep down just are obsessed with keeping up whatever the fuck is going on with this guy. <laughs> like, yeah. it's quote it's, it's specifically, it's almost like he's got this, like, chaotic, uh, omnipotent power, and it's like, you know, I might not like him, but I can't look away. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Are you talking about Quoth or Pat? <laughs> I gotta know. And, and, and like, the image built of himself, not to keep talking about this, but I, I do feel like the image built of himself is so much stronger than the actual content that is there or that than the actual person he is like yeah. every time i i see him posting i'm like oh this is gonna be good and then it's just nothing like, okay so you guys are talking about pat and not Quoth. okay yeah. <laughs> tell. i was talking about both i mean pat and quote are the same <laughs> i think pat and quote are the same in this regard like quote is also yeah Quoth yeah, is also it, someone who, like, because we said that he kind of quoted himself into becoming an author, I guess. <laughs> the last lead-in note that I sort of have um, is is my final sort of. This isn't a theory specifically the book; it's just sort of a general um, observation. Having studied literature and taught for a little yeah. bit, um, and that, that there's, much there's like Patrick this... Oh, no, yeah, much like much like my my idol, um, Patrick Rothfuss. <laughs> no. Um, there's this tendency for if you stay with something long enough um, and you get to know it really well, 
um, you do begin to think about the book, the theory, the whatever, a lot. And you begin to remember your previous thoughts on it. And all of a sudden, a lot of space in your mind is, is taken up by this book, this idea. This often comes, this comes into play where people read very complicated thinkers who are shit, but they write very densely and they write very complicatedly and almost beautifully at times. And you spend so much energy just trying to work through them that you kind of mistake the idea that, well, I, I put so much energy into it, what I get out of it has to be worth the energy I put into it, number one. But number two, uh, sometimes you just read a really long book and it keeps you along the whole time and you've spent, you know, hours mm -hmm. and hours of your life with this and it's, it, and it's hard to just walk away. A lot of bad books, you just don't finish, you just stop. Yeah. Um, and so this is a big thing with like Name of the Wind where it's like we kind of, you know, brushed over it. And yes, it's like 14 point font or whatever. And it, but like these books are 500, 600 pages long, something like that. Uh, yeah, the next one is, like yeah, the next one is really yeah, yeah. The, so you're, you're reading a lot of pages and you're just sitting with this for a long time. And it's very hard, I think, to deny that it is pretty easy to read. And when something's pretty easy to read and gives you some vibe and never quite breaks that contract and makes you sort of just, you know, opt out and go, I don't want any more of this. It's really hard to absolutely hate it at the end because, you, you know, you've <laughs> just spent so much time and energy with it. And I don't think that's worth I don't I, I don't think we should forget that yeah. even like for ourselves. Like we've been talking about this book I mean, that for was hours my, and hours and hours. You know? That was my <laughs> initial take before we started this podcast. Right. Like, that was what how I felt about this book is what was like. I remember enjoying reading it, but with so many years apart, I don't remember there being anything actually there. It's It's like the book that when I try to think back it's just like this fuzzy cloud in my head it's, <laughs> it didn't mm -hmm. really stick with me in a meaningful way uh, I just remember that I had fun reading it but it's and that's the same that's the same energy that I got or that's the same thing I got from watching marvel movies in in the cinema for a while like when i was younger now i'm at a point where i cannot watch marvel movies anymore because it, <laughs> because that like primary gratification i get from a movie to just like sit there be entertained for two hours and then not having to think after that not enough for me anymore <laughs> <laughs> or I see the actual problematic parts, or the actual like military propaganda parts in the Marvels case. In this case, other <laughs> problems that we talked about enough. Mm. Yeah. Let's read some reviews. Let's read reviews. Okay, mm. we're gonna so more like bad reads, am I right? More like bad reads. <laughs> uh, got get him, got him. Uh, <laughs> so. Um, what we do on Terry Pratchett Pod is read the bad reviews because it's a good book. Um, yes. and then we all have a good laugh about how wrong they are. Conversely, what we're going to do today <laughs> is read some good reviews. Mm -hmm. I, um, ju just as a comparison, I, I like to bring this up. The Goodreads score for Hamlet is 4.03. <laughs> how does this compare to that? Uh, this book sits at so you said 4.03 yes. for Hamlet. This book beats Hamlet. This book is on 4.52, which is actually, I should point out, like really significantly high for Goodreads. Really Generally high. on Goodreads, every single book averages around a 3.54. Like it doesn't matter what book it is. Um, uh, I'm just going to have a quick look because I didn't look this up. 
But I guess we have what? scientifically confirmed that the book is better than Hamlet, and that's probably why it was um, it's so yeah. uh, successful. It's been translated mm. to all these languages. Yeah. <laughs> so there's like a, a bunch of very positive reviews of this, um, like vastly more than the negative ones. So I just want to like take an excerpt from this one particularly long review, which gave it five stars, um, recommends it for everybody. And I'm just going to read you like a couple paragraphs from it. Mm-hmm. This is why I love fantasy so much. After a recent string of okay fantasy novels, a couple of good ones but nothing to really get excited about, I've rediscovered my passion thanks to this book. I'm so impressed and so in love I can't begin to describe it, but I can try to give you a feel for the book if I can figure out where to start and how to do justice to this masterpiece. You know, fair enough. Like, it made them feel good. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm going to skip to... Uh, they, they, they like summarize the book a bit um, so there's a paragraph which I know Janosch is going to hate so uh, let's go <laughs> I can't think of the last time I was this impressed by any story let alone a fantasy novel I won't compare it to bloody George R.R. R. Martin like everyone else is doing because I don't see that they have anything in common really one is a work of pure genius and the other is utter Maybe crap <laughs> yeah, I mean agree, I agree but I feel like we, will, we feel the opposite way <laughs> Um, so this, this is the paragraph that, like, I took out and put on my little document. (laughs) So, um, this paragraph. Likewise, the way he doles out the various plots, revealing and hinting at the right moments, building up tension and anticipation, giving clues that start to coalesce into a stunning picture is, frankly, impressive. The supporting cast, while not as fully explored as Quoth, it is his story after all, are all in their own ways vividly portrayed and gradually explored. There's no chunky exposition or description of a character shoved at you all at once. It's more of a show-not-tell kind of book, appreciating the intellect of its audience and our ability to figure things out for ourselves. Nicely done. There was a while there, while I was reading, that the prose gave me the sight... (laughs) Forgot this. (laughs) I ended, sorry. That the prose gave me the same kind of thrill as reading a sex scene in a romance novel might. <laughs> but it could have just been the excitement of the story. Did you guys feel that way? What? I- oh, you yeah. better believe it. I mean, when <laughs> I read sex scenes in novels, I genuinely feel a sense of revulsion. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, Everyone I'm doesn't not skip asexual, but like reading sex scenes in romance novels isn't like exactly my favorite part of reading novels, let's just well, say. Some, the thing is like, I, sex scenes, I, there are people who theorize all this stuff across the board. I'm not one of them. I just think of like, the sex is always the least interesting part. Like let's, yeah. like, like, let's take one novel, Wicked, right? Another fantasy novel. Uh, there's this really hot and heavy sex scene between Alphaba and uh, I think it's Fiero, and it's like not supposed to be happening, right? It's like like ooh, like there's scandal here. That's mm. that's that when you read the scene, you're like, oh oh, this is not this is okay. Um, also, Wicked, incredibly horny book for those of you listening who want uh, just just horny stuff. Wicked has uh, a sex club called the Philosophy Club that they go into excruciating detail about how, about how it works. Very very good. Did not make it into the musical. I took- unfortunately, <laughs> I did not. Have no idea. This sounds so fake to me. 
I've never seen the musical or read the book, and I'm just like absolutely reeling right now. What? <laughs> yeah. so the sex, let, let me explain to you real quick. Sorry, I need to. I just yeah. need to. The philosophy club, you, you walk into this club, it's like a cabaret type thing, and you're given a playing card. And you, this has been years since I read this. I was like in high mm-hmm. school, so if, if I'm slightly wrong, forgive me. They give you a playing card, and then they call like like a number of cards or like a suit or something. It's called down to the basement, and you sit in like like bathroom stalls without the uh, front, right? So it's like you're right. kind of in your own little stall. You can't see people to your left and right, but you can see the stage in front of you. And they call out like the Queen of Hearts, the Two of Hearts, and then like those people get called to the stage, and a like sex choreographer puts them in a position, <laughs> and essentially like cracks a whip and like goes like, "All right, now go." And remember, in this universe, there are uh, animals that can talk and, and go oh, do, and go around and talk. There are uh, you know the the Munchkins. There are people. There are people with various types of bo- bodies, and they just like crack a whip and they just start fucking, and everyone just kind of. It's in the booths and you're left to imagine like this, what they're doing and it's like this is like the weirdest news to me i would never ever <laughs> i'm having a hard time believing this i yeah. like hey uh, listen what, you're gonna, are you it, sure this, this is, is from the novel wicked and not from for affinity.com no this, 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 this you is the biggest you didn't just pick up like a well-bound copy of someone's wicked fan no. fiction. This and this is the most important part. I dead ass recommend the wicked series to everyone. Son of a witch and lion among men are two incredible <laughs> fantasy books. I will put this on my pile of recommendations from this podcast. I genuinely in no other context have I gotten as many book recommendations as recording this podcast. <laughs> Sorry, but please continue your the the, the Yeah, this what guy. what is the rest of the review? Oh, I mean, that was, I kind of picked out those three paragraphs from that one. I just thought those are the ones that would hit you guys the hardest. They did. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I feel like I've, I've been, been hit. hit. <laughs> I, cannot fucking, it, you will. I cannot fucking believe you... that this book, the prose is so good. It feels like I'm reading a sexy in a romance novel. It's do you guys feel, do you guys agree with this review that says the supporting cast are in their own ways vividly portrayed and gradually explored? Of course not. There's no supporting cast. <laughs> They're just there because they have to be. I don't. I mean, they are yeah. very, very, very gradually explored, and then mm. they're n- not. <laughs> and it's they like show up the, gr- the gradualness <laughs> is, you know, at tectonic speeds. <laughs> um, it's literally, it's literally tell don't show because the only characterization we get of Will and Sim is when Dana describes them with a metaphor as like one of them is shallow as water and the other one is deep as a rock or whatever and then Quarter's like mm, yes you're so right and nobody <laughs> knows what she means with that yeah which one is which does anyone have any idea <laughs> <laughs> the part of the review that actually really got to me was when it talked about oh it rewards us intellectuals and our ability to figure things out <laughs> And what that actually means to me is that there is no, there's nothing here. It's a pile of bricks and you just get to build your own story. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. maybe that's why you think it's good. It might be. It's a picture book. I'm still theory. trying to figure out why people think this is good. <laughs> <laughs> I do think it's very funny that, like, it's, it's kind of one of those reviews that sort of reveals its own hand because it, it has the same thing as like um, BBC Sherlock where it's like it tricks the audience into feeling clever, which is exactly what this review is there. Like it leaves the audience to figure things out for themselves. But reading this, it's like uh, the majority of stuff in this is relatively obvious, I would say. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, like, yeah. it's, it's, 
uh, I was gonna say like the, the you know there were parts in when reading the book where I you know I got to figure out what coat meant and that made me feel fun. That was fun. Made me feel kind of smart. I was like, okay, oh, hey. but it, like it wasn't really figuring it out so much as being told, except not directly. And you're like, aha, I figured it out. And that's like, oh, that's fun. It's, it's the hard second to... time that we hear that word, so it's like there's nothing else. It can be. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna uh, move us on to another five star review. Um, which was written in 2016, surprisingly, going okay. by the language in it. Um, okay. I think, you'll, I think you'll see what I mean. Um, this one's probably by me. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, so I'm just gonna... I feel like I should put on an accent for this, but I'm not gonna. Okay. <laughs> Here it is. Okay, wow. That was freaking brilliant, and I am utterly, absolutely, entirely obsessed. <laughs> And no, I'm not going to stop shouting. I shall keep shouting because I loved it so. I had like a checklist of so many things I love that it's most empathetically a me book. And what is this checklist you asked? Well, sir, here you go. My checklist of goodness and books. And then there's a little bullet point list. So I'll go through those now. Young genius narrator, tick, who is totally too sassy at times because hashtag clever, tick, magic, <laughs> tick. Plus an intensely amazing magic system that is thrilling and complex and yas. Tick, tick, tick. <laughs> Epic friendships. Tick. Dragons. Brackets. Although it was a vegetarian dragon, but whatever. Epic Can't have everything. Tick. <laughs> Music appreciation. Tick. Evil that does not sleep. Tick. Magical university. Intense library appreciation. Like, seriously, I can't flail enough. I cannot. I even put off writing this review because I knew I'd just be going, should I read it? And yet I want to convince you all more than that. So deep breaths. Here we go. Um, and then I'm just going to... Okay, yeah. No. Good. Yeah. You know that old George Carlin bit uh, where he's just like, you know, you know how stupid the average person is? And then half the world is stupider than that, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> this, this, this really makes me think of that George Carlin bit. Just that... <laughs> Wow, yeah, this is, we talk about lowest common denominator. Oof, like. um, I'm I, just going to, I'm going to read a little bit more. It's, this it's a very Tumblr review. Um, This is kind of how I used to type as well, but it's like, I can't be too like mean to them. This is exactly what I used to sound like. Yeah. Him among us. God. Um, so basically, it's a story about a 15-year-old genius off to a magical university to learn magic. Kvoth, yes, I know his name is ridiculous, was absolutely my favourite creature of ever. He's clever but kind, and he's witty but also a bumbling idiot at times. He loves music, like he lives and breathes it. And he also loves academic stuff and has a photographic memory, and ah, oh, I should hate him because he's infuriatingly smart, but I just loved him. He got into so much trouble all the time, usually because he's an idiot, <laughs> but he was precious. Uh... <laughs> Um, okay, so, and then I'm just going to skip a few paragraphs and I'm just going to go paragraphs. on to this. So this person, oh, oh, this is a really long review. Jesus. This is like three sides of A4 review. Um, so I'm just going to go to the this section. Um, and bear in mind, this is somebody who loves this book. Um, this is somebody who's, this is like their favorite book. Okay, and they say, Okay, but I do have a few negatives, which, I mean, should make it a four-star, probably, but I'm obsessed. I love this book so much. I can even look past some of these Twitch aspects, such as... It contains some seriously irritating writing techniques, like repetition. He'd repeat in the same freaking chapter that he was wounded and tired and a little drunk, word for word. It was a bit insulting to my intelligence, actually, and this happened a lot with the repetition. <laughs> It had some dumb tropes, like, oh look, super happy parents, they're gonna die, hashtag cliche. Hashtag cliche uh, indeed. 
The romance was a total pancake flop of a disaster. Like oh, dinner was the major. <laughs> is that is that sorry? Wait, is that old like tumblerese? Like I don't I don't know that word at all. A total pancake, pancake flop of a disaster. disaster. It's just random. Uh, no, that's just random. It's pancake bacon novel. XD. Yeah. XD. Um, XD. 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 Dinner was a major magic pixie dream girl. Manic pixie dream girl. Basically, no personality but mysterious and beautiful, and she totally led both on. And always had another guy on her arm. I mean, if a guy was doing that, I would be mad too. Romance equals hashtag unhealthy. Even though Kvothe basically friendzone himself. <laughs> hashtag Loki shipping Kvothe and Bast. Kvothe Loki friendships himself. getting just more and more like neural network. And the oh, final, the final bullet point in this, and this is somebody who loves this book. Very, 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 very sexist. Basically, all of the women in the book can be described as nice. That's it. And they have lots of sexist views on them, too. Which which made me want to punch someone, quite frankly. We haven't even said anything quite that mean. That, but that's also so fucking true. That's it listen. Is true. This person's like, we not meant wrong. It. You no. could describe every single woman in this, in this, uh, except maybe Debbie or whatever, as a uh, nice. Yeah. But no, Debbie is nice to him. She gives him like she deals is. that Debbie, she Debbie like definitely like, shouldn't be doing as Debbie, a fence. Like Debbie has like smiling imp emoji energy to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do like yeah. her a little that's bit more true. than the others. Oh, I like Debbie. Yeah. I, uh, wow, not to, you know, um, make the assumption that this reviewer is a female Tumblr user between the ages of 15 and 21. Uh-huh. I think you might be generous, with, you might be lowballing a bit with 21, but keep going. Yeah, um, just just whenever whenever they were like, oh, and like, Dana was totally leading him on. If like yeah. a guy did that, like, I, I just... Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's a wild thing to say. That was I know. that just kind of came out of nowhere and hit me in the face. I know. Um yeah, I think. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> this one's all like, up and down. It's they're like, but you read this and you understand that Dana's like get making her way in the world through finding patrons and wealthy guys. Like she's not dating them. She's like if she's leading anyone on, the it's them. Much, how could you like, possibly like this book? Like yeah. what? <laughs> what is there for also, you? Also, like how how can you not like just like at the very least just glance like yeah if you quote felt like he was being led on when he obviously when that's like just the not even the closest like that's not even close to the way you should understand the scene right but if you want to say like yeah quote felt like he was being led on sure but that's also again like that's you taking up quote's mindset you wrote this book for so long you're in this mm-hmm. one guy's head so long to the world like quote and you begin to sort of interpret things like quote um which is not undergoing quotification it's the problem when you're with a really obnoxious first person narrator for so fucking long you just get you just start thinking like them you just kind of like you know you start picking up on the memes and you start you know you start aping them not to bring us back to uh oh stinky but you start you start aping them <laughs> i that was that was like a similar Okay, you know what? New theory about maybe maybe this is why people like this book because they get to spend time being Kvothe and like Kvothe do- yeah. is doing cool things and you get to feel like you're being Kvothe and people want to be Kvothe 
and they get to be Kvothe, Kvothe for the time they're reading this book, and they finish it, and they're like, ah, oh, that was good. I got to be mm-hmm. this, like, asshole, but I was cool. Like mm-hmm. Honestly, I, I probably, that's probably how I read it. I did quite like it. Remember when I said I identified with Kvothe? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I no longer identify with Kvothe. <laughs> no, that's character growth. Patrick doesn't understand it, but it is. I gave you the way um, out. I just you blame it on your red hair call today. Yeah. <laughs> it is pretty funny when I was on uh fear baiting and I think I think Sarah also said this when, when you were on summer is uh when I plugged the show at the end she was like, Oh yeah, I, I heard the concept of the show is there's two people who like the book and two who don't and one who hasn't read it. Remember those <laughs> days? <Aww>. Simpler times. <laughs> Last months. <laughs> uh um, um, I, I feel like actually. Left. Okay, no, what? Read, read your, uh, your final one. Okay, this is the final review I'm gonna read. It was written in February 2008. It is the most popular review on the site for this book. It is a five star review. Is it by Patrick Rothfuss? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. This <laughs> kind of took my the steam out of that one. Sorry. But yeah, that's okay. Patrick rated it five stars. Wait, is I it? Yeah. Oh my god. What? <laughs> yeah. Patrick rated it five stars. Oh. I kind of liked this book, but my opinion on the matter probably shouldn't be trusted. Dot dot dot. Uh, Jesus Christ. Like, that is just like so. That tracks so much. <laughs> I even know words okay. for this. Please, um, please read the review to me and us. That was the whole review. What? <laughs> <laughs> I did read it. He just said, I kind of liked this book, but my opinion on the matter probably should be trusted, dot, dot, dot. Um, and then there are 277 comments on it. Oh my god, it's so relatable. It's so <laughs> relatable. It's but so it literally, it, it, it is working exactly so how he... <laughs> <laughs> it is, but it's working exactly how he wants it to, though, because like half the comments are like, "I think any author who can give his own book a five star rating and leave such an amusing and self deprecating comment is a must read." Oh I've just added your book to my list, and I'll buy it tomorrow. What self deprecating? <laughs> people yeah. know that words mean things. It's not <laughs> they don't just mean nothing; they actually mean something. Uh, <laughs> I don't think Rothfuss does. I mean, yeah, he didn't five say stars. it's the best book in the world, but like. I feel like saying, oh, it's pretty good, haha, but I'm the author, that makes it like even more awkward than like, cause if it's, if it's say, um, the, like if your name is Patrick Rothfuss, right, and you write a review, book you review for Patrick Rothfuss and say, this is the greatest book, uh, that has ever been written. Also, the guy who wrote it is very hot and fucks, right? Like if, if that was the <laughs> review, that would be funnier, right? Like, yeah, that listen, be. that's every review I'm gonna write for Heartspell when we publish it. That's that's uh, that's the um, review that Max has left on Pot of Greed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just for our SEO. Oh yeah. Also, listeners, leave us some uh, leave us five star iTunes reviews and write amazing things about how we're hot and we fuck. <laughs> Does anything else about the content of the podcast? Um, um, I've just seen. Sorry, I have just seen one of the comments on this thread because <laughs> I was just going to see if anybody was like kind of pissed off with this. Um, so Kevin. God bless him. Maybe. I haven't read this through and I can see the word Stalin in it, so I might not agree with all of this. (laughs) So Kevin replies to this review. I found this book to be a steaming pile of dog shit. The (laughs) author... 
The author is obviously a super geek and is now living vicariously through Quoth. Also, one can fully understand that if it took him 10 years to finish college, then there should be no surprise that he takes 10 years to write a substandard oh book God. and then another 10 or more years to write the following two in the trilogy. Oh, so this is a also, co- comment on Pat's uh, review. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Also, after listening to an interview with him saying how him and so many other artists cannot continue to write as long as Trump is president... Now that folk is laughable to say the least, considering some of the best fiction was written by authors under the rule of Stalin. (laughs) (laughs) He's obviously stalling, so Oh my god, I'm sorry. Wait, okay, time out. Can you can you can you imagine thinking that Donald Trump was the American equivalent of Joseph Stalin? (laughs) Hang on, um I just wanna say that um Oh my god, people. P- P- Patrick is really uh, Stalin to write book three. Thank nice. you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's good. Um, this is a... Holy shit, okay. I gotta keep reading. <laughs> this guy fucking hates Pat. Okay. Um, he's obviously stalling so he can play more childish video games and Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> I- Wait. <laughs> I have completely given up on the man-child Rothfuss as he has no respect for the good, hard-working folks that spent money on his first two books, which were overpriced, and continues to berate them when asked about the DOS. This, folks, is a classic example of how fame can change a person, from a once endearing author to his fans, which he now, years later, shows contempt for the same fans. Adios, Rothfuss. You'll never get another dime from me. All my many friends! <laughs> that took such Adios. a weird, like, old man yelling at Cloud turn I did not expect. I know! I just love him being like, you'll never get a dime from me or my many friends! Because <laughs> I'm very popular. Because I happen to work sometimes seven days a week, 12 hours a day, and he does not deserve a nickel of my hard-earned cash. Get to that. Adios, mi amor. <laughs> Adios, Patrick. The Stalin comment was weird, but uh, everything else, um, you know, I support this this person's truth. I mean, yeah, so far I, I like I agree with this. I also sort of somehow agreed with the Tumblr one because I felt like I would have written that in 2014. <laughs> oh yeah, what um, was the username on that? <laughs> I'm just gonna log in really quick. Uh, also, I, I just with this guy, I feel like I don't know if he said it or not uh, before. I want to get it in the air for at least me. I, Pat, I don't give a shit how long you take to write your books. Like, like, let the fuckers hate, you know, about about length or whatever. Uh, that that shit is the funniest critique. It's like you have so many things to hate on Pat for, and the idea of like getting mad at he's not games. producing art as quickly as I want him to. Like, come on, <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> I'm also like genuinely confused because like, surely when you get signed to publisher, they're like. He gives him a date. Like, can can he not be like fired by his publisher? Can they drop him and be like, we're not publishing your books anymore? Like, I think should. if you get to a certain level of fame, then they don't want to. Um, yeah, they but, want his book. I mean, yeah, they, they, they know was, that. Yeah, they know the doors of stone is going to sell. You know, hundreds of thousands. If only easy. out of spite. From well, us. not even out of spite. Pe- people have been talking about this book for years. <sighs> Like, yeah. y- years because of the meme, that, like, around it. That comment was from 2019. There's a bunch after that from, like, 2020 and this year saying, like, oh, witty, epic own, uh, Sir Pat. Like, Name of the Wind, or, sorry, Wise Man's Fear, what, it's 2012, 2011, something like that? Um, 
and then like eight years later there's no there's no you know movie adaptation there's no stage musical or play or whatever there's no tv show there's Can you nothing musical <laughs> yeah i mean it, it makes some degree of sense to me anyway there's none of that and yet people are still talking about the book and they're not but, but they're not talking about the book they're talking about pat rothfuss and like publication and writing so it's even one of those things where it's like the book doesn't even have enough energy to like you know get a bunch of people talking about it for x amount of years afterwards just like the meme of two fantasy authors george r, r. martin pat rothfuss take long time to write book like <laughs> you just again it's a meme you, you say it and you go ha three book three ha nice <laughs> and then you sort of like I, you know keep scrolling twitter and you, your brain melts a little bit more like it's i think i have another um pat theory not to just keep throwing them out there <laughs> but I think the name of the King Killer Chronicle, you get one series, Pat Rothfuss. <laughs> I think it has small gods disease. <gasps> okay. Where mm-hmm. it's like everything around it has been built up. There's like the way Pat is, there's people talking about I just went on Tumblr because I was like, am I gonna log into and like searched King Killer Chronicles and it was just like, oh this really nice fan art and I was like, Oh, that's really nice fan art. Um and like we were talking about like the merch surrounding the book, there's tech, there's games, there's adaptation, and like also the fact that like whenever Pat does interviews these days, and by these days I mean post twenty sixteen mm-hmm. in the last fucking five years, yeah. like he never actually talks about the book really. Mm. He talks about the world of the book quite a lot. Um, he talks about his fucking D and D shit. But Mostly like, talks about his charity, I think. Most charity. exactly, it's like the book itself and. The Patrick Rothfuss that may or may not have written this book, debatable. Like it's like they don't exist anymore. And like there's nothing there's nothing from which this content is coming from. It's just like this is an empty shell of a, a mm. I don't know I don't want to say like a book, but like the vibe around the book. There's no book. It's kind of wild. It's like the house of leaves of books. <laughs> except not good. <laughs> not, not, except I was going to say, I love House of Leaves, so I'm going to compare this to House yeah, of Leaves. I mean, very like, the scary. actual house where uh, yeah. thing, but it's. <laughs> no, but I, 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 get, I get what you mean. Like, there's really. <laughs> It is wild how much he talks about the world of the book, uh, considering that there is none. There is no world. <laughs> Dang. Well, that's, uh, that's we exactly. Yeah, I was gonna say that's exactly on par with what we get from the author's note. If you'd yeah. like okay, let's read the author's note to get. Well, I'm so that. excited for that. <laughs> um, so it is like seven pages. So I'm not gonna read all of it, Fuck. but mm. uh, it just starts with, <laughs> as you can imagine, it's like all formatted to look like a fancy little sort of almost like a bible. It's got like its own little sections. Uh, <laughs> what if it started with the force kit? <laughs> Sorry, keep going. <laughs> Once, years and miles away, young Patrick Rothfuss learned about something called Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeon and Dragon? Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeon and Dragon, King Killer Chronicle, you get one. <laughs> That's exactly what, what he's playing in this game. You do get <laughs> one dungeon and one dragon, I think, in this game, or in this book. Mm. Um, but <laughs> he just kind of goes on to talk about uh, how he got bullied for playing D&D, like the nerds beat him up. Or something. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then the next section, he just like starts over again. Once upon a time, there was a boy who wrote a book. His name was Pat Rothfuss. Uh, and then he just continues talking about Dungeons and Dragons. And then, uh, oh yeah. So he, okay, I, I want to read this part really quick. Uh, 
he's talking about himself in third person as a, as a young man or whatever. The book he wrote was loosely based on his D&D adventures. The main characters were a dwarf with an axe, a barbarian, and a catman samurai. The burgeoning novel was 60 pages long, had a prologue, two flashbacks, a dream sequence that was also a flashback. In real time, all the characters did was move from one bar to the other. At the second bar, they met a monk who told them a flashback story. This book was a hell of a mess. It was like Canterbury Tales meets Naked Lunch meets a huge pile of shit. Nevertheless, I loved this book as I blah, 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 blah. The teacher wrote back and said that my book was derivative and cliche. I was hurt and angry, of course, but not nearly as hurt and angry as I was two weeks later when I realized the teacher was 100% right. I abandoned it. Uh, two years later, I got over. Okay, so this is this is my small pat on the back for this for this section uh, for the author's note because he does say two years later I got over my creative tantrum, wanted to make an or take another crack at a novel. I looked over my previous writing, took note of my mistakes, and carefully made a list of fantasy cliches I wanted to avoid, and then eventually <laughs> published a book about an orphan boy who goes to a school of magic. That entire thing is a flashback. Uh, they never <laughs> leave the bar, and he fights a dragon. So there is a certain amount of self-awareness in this, um, Mm -hmm, but then it all just goes out the window with the next (laughs) section of this. (laughs) Oh my god. I'm still kind of hooked on that bit where you were like, even the nerds, buddy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he literally says... Listen, he's trying to avoid cliches, and the cliche is the jocks bill you, so, you know... um, uh, We were the kids that got beat up by the nerds. Uh, okay, so he starts, it's almost seamless the way he just starts to talk about himself and how cool he is. Um, he talks about, like, okay, so this is the 10th anniversary of the novel, um, but it's been over 20 years since he started writing it, and then he just goes on to be, like, talking about how much he loves stories and how cool they are. And then here's where it gets really good. (laughs) In the last 10 years, my life has changed in ways that baffle me. As a student, I failed classes, spent time on academic probation, took nine years to get my undergrad degree. Now I get invited to speak at universities. Before I was published, I was only dimly aware of the existence of conventions. Now I've attended dozens. I've been invited to write for (laughs) the New York Times, asked to collaborate on comic books and video games. While I've been blessed with good friends my whole life, I was never one of the popular kids. But since I've been published, I played games with Will Wheaton and Felicia Day. Neil Gaiman hugged me. Lynn Manuel Manuel Miranda invited me backstage. These days... These days, when I ask to play D&D with a group of people, they typically say yes. In fact, The Name of the Wind is mentioned in the fifth edition of Player's Handbook. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, that makes me feel kinda cool. Uh, And we can tell. (laughs) Of course it got mentioned in the Player's Handbook if you write, like, the most... uh, the most D&D bard character, of course, is gonna be, like, brought up as the example for, uh, what a bard could be. <laughs> oh my goodness. Here's my favorite part. Uh, years later, when book two came out, I went on a signing tour. This sounds so ridiculous, like, I had to reread it thinking, like, is this... Okay, just listen. <laughs> this is amazing. Okay. <laughs> years later, when book two came out, I went on a signing tour. The first stop was in Seattle, where 600 people showed up. They filled every seat in the bookstore, stood amongst the shelves, sat on floors and on the stairways. I had a 15-year-old girl come to the front of the line, actually jumping up and down, bursting with earnest, ebullient, ebullient joy. This is the, mo- the best moment of my life, she declared. A couple oh. years after that, I went to Spain. 1,000 people showed up for me 
me signing or for my signing in Barcelona. The day after that I went to Madrid where 2,000 people showed up. There would have been more, but they started turning them away. I signed for <laughs> over 12 hours. People were bursting into tears when they got to the front of the line. I'm not even kidding. Now it's easy to look at the chain of events and tell a story. Rags to riches. Blah, 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 blah. For, uh, while that's true, it's not the only truth. The truth is that after the first year, so, so then he goes on, like, after all of this bragging, he goes on to be like, for some reason, I'm still sad. <laughs> it's no. just like, I don't fucking care. I just, wanna, I just came here for the story. What is happening? But he's just like talking about like, uh, uh, yeah, I feel like a rock star in Madrid, but then I get into my hotel room and there's just nobody there and I just have to watch Star Trek on TV or whatever. It's like, okay. Here's the thing, right? That First of all, that's kind of just fame. Like, that is not mm. an indi- that is not a, u- a unique experience yeah. that he is having there. Like, everybody who's had any, yeah. like, level of, of fame has experienced that exact same thing. But also, like, if you're going to talk about, like, oh, I'm not, you know, I was never one of the popular people, and then talk about, like, oh, you know, I get back to my hotel room and no one yes. be there. And it's like, you can invite people with <laughs> yeah. you on your tours. Maybe that's like, your fault. your friends can come. Your wife can come. <laughs> like, I, 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 this is the thing where I think he buys into his own myth a bit too much. There's like a part in this where he says, like, I tried to write an author's note for my first book and my publisher said, maybe you should just let the book speak for itself. <laughs> so like, he, like, now that he's famous, he's allowed to just talk about himself and no one will say no to him. That's Skip actually it. the part that really bothers me is that people keep giving this guy a platform yeah yeah definitely like over and over and over again and like that's again that's on my pepe silvia board of there must be something in this book i think at one point like well, if you get an initial hype and then patrick rothfuss gets invited to conventions at, at, at one point it's just going to be like other conventions are going to be like oh he got invited to the other ones and uh, you know people were interested in seeing him so we're going to invite him to ours and like mm-hmm. i feel like at, at one point like i i i 100% feel like patrick rothfuss at this point has reached a reached a, sa- a state where it's less about Pedro Grothfuss, author of The Name of the Wind and um, The Wise Man's Fear, book w- books one and two of the Kingkiller Chronicle. It's at this point his <laughs> Pedro Grothfuss, household fantasy name, who you know from all these conventions and from appearing in this D&D video with Will Wheaton and this other one with <laughs> Felicia Day, right? Like... <laughs> Mm. And Lib Manuel invited, invited him backstage. backstage. Don't forget that. Neil Gaiman hacked him. So, <laughs> well, well, yeah. I mean, I'm with you there for the most part. I think that there's like the convention crowd of people who just, you know, will people pay to see this? For, like, you can, you can, you know, be an anime uh, dub actor for some shitty little animes and still make hundred thousand yeah. a year running the con crowd, right? That that mm. that's one thing. For me, I think like. So I hate Parks and Rec. I really hate Parks and Rec. But there's this there's this line that I really think is funny. I know from the meme mostly. But it's it's Ron Swanson where he like wins some award or something, you know, for in uh the what's the blonde haired uh, person in charge's name? What's what um Leslie Nope. Leslie Nope. And Leslie Nope goes, you know, Ron says something like I I'm a libertarian. And then and, and Leslie Nope is like, Ron, that's not something what you know, that doesn't sound like something an award winner would say and ron goes well i've won an award so everything i say is what an award winner would say right like it's like along that line and at some point like pat rothfuss just becomes like the fantasy author 
right? Like, like, why does he matter for anything? Why is he in this? He's a good fantasy author, right? And so everything he does is just what a good fantasy author would do. Yeah, because it's so he is ironic. One, right? Because I feel like mm-hmm. this book would have would have been a good book if anyone else had written it. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it would have. <laughs> anyway, I, so- I think Patrick drags down his own good ideas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, but I just mean that that when somebody when somebody becomes you know a parody of themselves and everyone just knows them as that thing, yeah. you know, and that thing ends up being something that a lot of people might want around. Like, yeah, let's have fantasy novelists comment on this political issue. You know, get caught up by the New York Times or something. Uh, we need like who's who's the big who's a good well known fantasy author. You know, Pat Rothfuss. Let's Pat have Rothfuss. him on this podcast or whatever. Right? He's the manic it, it, pixie dream hobo. It's it's in his Twitter yeah, bio. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, there's no. He's not precise. We we we've listened to a lot of his interviews and read a lot of his stuff. He's not precisely smart or engaging. He's not even precisely like like exactly nice. Right? He's not even like a a, a cool guy. So you have to ask why is he always being brought around, <laughs> I, right? Uh, and it's not because of his brilliant insights, and it's not because he's super nice to be around, and it's not because he wrote, like, the greatest book of all yeah. time. It's because he's popular, and he's, he's famous popular. for being a fantasy author. Yeah. And that's that kind of begins to get, like, but echo I would, chamber. I would disagree with, with just one thing. Like, I, I do think you're right with he's not very smart, he's not very... Um, he doesn't come across as a cool guy, but I think, I think he's, like... <laughs> entertaining enough in interviews not not yeah. genuinely entertaining but he mm, mm. he is good at speaking fast and a lot mm. yeah. uh, I'm and that's the enough same thing where i'm thinking like the same thing where uh we feel about quoth where it's just this chaotic we don't necessarily like him but it's yeah. hard to look away like pat has that same they are the same piece. that's yeah. what i said they're the same mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in like ways that i think are not intended yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so true. Is there anything else in the author's note? Yeah. Um there's like one section that's like put aside just for him to reminisce about the girl, the 15-year-old girl in Seattle. Oh my uh, god, what? He, he says I'm not going it's like this its own section in the uh author's note that's just like I'm not going to lie though. I'll carry around the memory of that giddy 15-year-old in Seattle for the rest of my life. She was so excited thinking of her always makes me smile, which I just hate. Read. <laughs> that's all though. The rest of it's just kind of uh Mm-hmm. It's just filler. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> Real shocking, that. Uh, uh, that is a masterpiece. I just kind of wish he would be quietly forgotten about. Same. Yeah. But it's not going to happen. Gonna, no. That's not how, no, well, it's not how these like, nerd guys work. Yeah, I think he's going to be kept around for a while, even though, even if the books are getting forgotten. Like, because as we said, like, the actual books don't matter at this point anymore as long as, like, unless he cancels himself yeah. over, like, something. That's, <laughs> that's the only well, reason the I can is, see him disappear. But if, like, you know, if, you know, something, you know, I'm sure you could dig something up and be like, Pat Roth this cancelled for fuck me red lipstick. Yeah, I guess if that didn't get him cancelled, I don't know what will. But it's <laughs> like... He's gonna change his name and just, like, start taking care of an inn. <laughs> 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 um my name is Partick Ross and I yeah. but just like four podcasters show just... up five podcasters show up at his end and are gonna be like <laughs> we know who you are and now you're gonna have to tell your entire life story in three days God. <laughs> I just think if you were if you attempted to cancel Patrick Rothfuss or even be like 
hey, this guy, like, I don't know, it just feels like it would end up in, he would play his little geek card, he would do his infuriating little wiggle, <laughs> and uh, it would just, like, it would just be played for further clout. It would be more attention. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah. It would, like... I just want him to dissolve. Yeah, like and the thing is, like, even if the salt. book doesn't, even if book three doesn't come out, the TV adaptation is still in the works. So that's gonna bring mm. him back into the spotlight anyway. Yeah, that's <gasps> gonna be an unbearable time. <gasps> he he really is a bit like Lin Manuel Miranda, also in this regard. Like, even if he never writes another musical, I wanna, he's still gonna be around forever. I want to tell you this now because I know for a fact that this is true, and this is I am predicting something here, but I I'm telling you now: if this does get adapted into a TV yes. show, Lin Manuel Miranda is going to play a character Absolutely. in it. Absolutely, probably Eladin. He's he's already no, producing. No, no. Isn't he already like scheduled to play I th- Colt's dad I thought that mm. was already like established oh yeah I feel like I no I feel like he's gonna play the uh because I think I think if he's producing that sort of stuff I think he's gonna play the um the tinker that Quoth meets on his way to see the blue man group um yeah <laughs> yeah he's gonna play like that little guy it's gonna be like a, oh because it's like I don't they, like these people don't usually love to be um, uh, he was Hamilton in Hamilton. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if that applies to him. But he was I even like maybe, maybe, in yeah, the yeah, maybe different for Lin Manuel. His Dark Materials adaptation. He played one of the main characters. He definitely. I think he definitely um, fancies himself as a chronicler. Yeah. Oh, yeah. he might oh, play the chronicler. Um, that's, that's true. That yeah. I think Quoth's dad makes sense. Um, Quoth's dad does make sense. He's too young to play um, Uncle Ben. He'd, mm-hmm. he'd still yeah. do it. Like, yeah, but what if was, Uncle Ben was young and hot? He was too. Then he wouldn't be played by Lin Manuel Miranda. He was um, too young to play Lee in oh my uh, God. his Dark Materials and still did it. Ewan McGregor or no one. Imagine mm. him being the worst Bast. Just the. Freshy! <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. What if Bast wrapped all of his uh, yeah, lines? It was, he'd play the straightest version of that character possible. <laughs> oh, no. Do you think he's going to rap? course he's gotta we i said this last but, episode yes. quote is gonna rap <laughs> i mean if you call it lemon while miranda does rapping oh <laughs> yeah i guess calling it rap is yeah much more like lin-manuel miranda Quoth, uh, is a feminist and he raps yeah do we want to move yeah. on to listener questions Please. Let's yeah. move on to listener we have questions. a ton of them yeah. there's there's one that doesn't show up in the search but uh i will link it here because uh, the uh, yeah so where where are we looking for this I'm gonna go on Twitter if I can. I'm type just gonna it. let you guys read them out. <laughs> there's also so there's a ton Twitter... of them that I posted here in the Discord because we also got some of them there. Mm-hmm. And then there is on uh, the Discord if we scroll up past all the <laughs> uh-oh, stinky memes that we've been posting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh stinky. Stinky. Um, poop. Haha. Funny. Poop. Funny. <laughs> I made a big poopy. <laughs> I don't know why I remember so many lyrics off the top of my head. Um, the lyrics aren't complicated. <laughs> are we? Are we calling? Are we calling them lyrics? <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's a genius page. Yeah. If name of the wind can be called a book, these could be called lyrics. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I love um, how much true. we're like talking about like the quality of writing of this book, and then we're just absolutely tickled by us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's so nice. The, yeah, the lo-fi, I don't care about the original meme, the lo-fi uh-oh stinky has a very close place in my heart. How dare you say you don't care about the original meme? 
right, let's get, so do we want to do the um let's start with thing? twitter yeah um okay let's start with tweet let's start with foreskin <laughs> let's start with foreskin um okay so actually the first one um is well not the first one chronologically i don't know how to search that but the first one in my list of twitter is from noah guys at i'll do it on twitter i don't know if any uh, members of this podcast have any relationship with this person Mm -hmm. but that's noah my partner shout out to partner of the show noah um (laughs) so partner relationship you might say noah's Noah's all of our partners now yeah Uh Podcast more like Podcule. Podcule, it's the Podcule. Um, Redistribute the partners. <laughs> so yeah, they ask, um, what character, pre-existing or just one you make up right now, would you add to the book to make it better? Great question. Um, <laughs> is this a character who Pat Rothfuss would have to write, or would Any like character. come in from like you know someone else's writing or something? My my first think- impulse from pre-existing would be Polnareff, and I don't know why that was my first thought. <laughs> okay. okay, maybe it's because we had all the all stinky memes, and I remembered how many toilet mishaps he had. <laughs> Okay. I think Vriska would make a great addition. <laughs> okay. Oh, <laughs> explain that. What well, what role like would Vriska play? Only... I think Vriska should do to can... quote what she did to Tavros. Yeah, <laughs> she's got the. She's the only one who has the ability to like maybe uh, fight his power. Yeah, that's good. I, I think would, I would put. I would like that the... if she Tavros uh, quote in like halfway into the first book, and then it just became about her. That would be great, actually. <laughs> I think the like actual literal Joker from Batman uh-huh. should be in King Killer Chronicles. I think he should just be in there mm-hmm. being the Joker. Uh, Heath Ledger Joker um, or Jack Nicholson Joker or Cesar the, Romero Heath, Joker. Heath Ledger Joker, of course. Heath Ledger Joker, um, yeah. No, wait, no, no, Jared Leto Joker. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. The best one. Yeah, the best one. <laughs> I feel like Mark Hamill Joker would be, like, genuinely good in it, but, uh, of course, Jared Leto Joker is the correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm, 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 see, I'm having an issue now because I'm going through one of those moments where when someone asks you a question, um, every good answer immediately goes out of your head. So I'm just yeah, looking at my bookshelf, and I do think it would be kind of funny if. Um, uh, <laughs> so I'm, I'm torn between two. I'm torn between um, Alice Cullen from mm-hmm. Twilight, yeah. mm-hmm. and yeah. also um, Ramsey Bolton from uh, Song of Ice and Fire. Sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I take it back, Davos. I want to see Davos in this. Davos would be good. Yeah. I want, um, and again, this just clarifying for me, this is this is not Patrick Rothfuss writing this character, but this character just kind of existing. Yeah. Uh, I would want Gerald of Rivier mm. uh, at the at, like with the chronicler, like with them all, and he's like listening because he like Quoth knows something about some shade or something. And he's trying to get some info on it, and like so he has to sit there and listen to the story. And so all the interludes, you have like the chronicler, like hmm, interesting story, and you have Bass, like Rashi, Rashi, and then Gerald, like what the. <laughs> fuck are you talking about like that i cannot i cannot believe are you are you fucking are you are you a moron are you an idiot and just even Geralt just destroy quote every single interlude we just mentioned pre-existing characters but part of the question is one you make up right now so let's all make up some guys okay um oh i just i just want to say one more character yes. before we move on to like our makeup up our own guys um as we were talking about earlier i want to put the house of leaves from house of leaves <laughs> in this book. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, okay, um, so I'm uh, making up our own guys. Yes, I, I would like to. I'd have... like to make up a woman. Uh, anyone? Yeah. <laughs> Name any woman. <laughs> that's, 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 that's 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 mine. <laughs> I'd like to bring in a like. Um, I don't know what the regulatory bodies for education are called in um, like America and stuff, but in the UK we have <laughs> um, Ofsted, which is the government's regulatory body for education. And I would like to see an Ofsted officer go around the university. <laughs> and 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 her name is Crazy Martina. Yes. <laughs> I just want there to be a Crazy Martina. I would like to have some friend or you know someone at the university who will like genuine like own quote effectively like not not the way he gets owned where he like you know gets punished but then still like gets promoted a rank higher but like someone who is just there and like constantly like flawlessly owns quote in for like legitimate reason that's that's who like, I like a kind of is this in like a gossip girl situation <laughs> where she's just she makes a post on like like a, on, puts a piece of paper on a post uh-huh. in the university and is just like th- this this child is 15 he's <laughs> stealing human bones or whatever xoxo <laughs> started to wonder why is this guy good at everything i can't wonder i was kind of thinking though like having someone sort of like uh sort of like an l character who mm. could like always be mm-hmm. a step ahead of quotes that's very good oh. Ooh, thinking yeah. about i'm sorry because we said like and i think and i started to wonder i'm now thinking about uh-huh. if like they're all sat around the table it's fast it's chronicler it's quote and then with them are the four <laughs> ladies from sex in yes, this city I knew it was where you were going. <laughs> i think that's book two content but like I think what if uh I've never seen Sex in the City, I've only listened to City Girls Make Do. Shout out to City Girls Make Do. Yeah, same. Um Samantha from Sex in the City. What if she got to spend the night with Valerian and that was an episode of Sex Ooh, in the City? Love Speaking of and she also lives to tell the tale. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Speaking of shows we haven't watched or listened to uh, content about, uh what, what about like Ben Boykovich? I, I, I can't listen to Jurgen It hurts me. I'm sorry. Shout out to Jurgen It. What if Kylex Y was in the- I want to see the Sausage King in this. <laughs> I don't know what this means. I'm moving on to the next question. Is from uh, Chaz Employed at Helmomete, friend of the show Chaz um, on Twitter. Uh, what would Kvothe do if he was in LOTR brackets bad magic system, presuming that LOTR right, okay. stands for Lord of the Rings? Yes. Okay, Chaz. Okay. Now this goes back that to a thing system. that Patrick Rothfuss says in every interview about how like he came up with a great magic system, but Lord of the Rings doesn't have a good magic system and it's still good. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> I it, mm. anyone okay, who right. complains about the magic system in Lord of the Rings, uh, it's okay. You know, just just you you don't have you're not ready for chapter books yet. I understand. <laughs> uh, just just go back to reading your chat. Oh my god! But what you would he do actually... if he was in Lord of the Rings? Oh my god. Yeah, Fucking, just for for clarity, yeah. Chaz is, isn't complaining about the magic system yeah. in Lord of the Rings. Um, it's the Pat beam of oh, Pat always saying I, that. The, sorry, Chaz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I do appreciate restored. how ready you were to just throw hands, though. I respect oh, that. L- l- listen, as somebody who's like had to like defend Lord of the Rings and mm. like also like 
like ain't like literally while teaching it and had to go like listen like you all need to understand catholicism um but like <laughs> uh which Are is crucial i would also say i love <laughs> to see chaz get owned i think she deserves it but like not for this <laughs> one specifically no chaz chaz yeah. friendship restored um what would he do if he was in lord, like lord of the rings um i mean he'd die like immediately right yeah like, i do he, think so like, he, well, cause, he like would... the point of the fellowship, isn't it? That they're like a fellowship that they rely on each other. Uh-huh. And yeah. he's, just, he's just him. He's just Kvok. And like the point of the fellowship is that they're fellas and you could ship them together, which just simply, <laughs> it, I don't think Kvok could ever relate to that. The um, point of Lord of the Rings is dudes fucking rock. <laughs> it would be interesting dudes if, like, rock. Dude, dudes, dudes fucking rock. I think it would be interesting if the fellowship had like one character who's just like fucking annoying and useless. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Boromir, like, come on, like, I mean, like... That is also what I was gonna say about if Quoth was in Lord of the yeah. Rings, he would spend the whole time trying to get the ring, and then he'd probably get the ring, because, oh, he's Quoth, and he's good at of shit, course. and then he'd just become evil, and the books would be about Quoth killing, so... The, <laughs> the Quoth killing chronicle. <laughs> I feel like Quoth could make a better villain than a protagonist, frankly. Absolutely. Yeah. No, he'd I, be a great I, villain. No, I don't... Um, I feel, I feel I, like I, it would be like okay. a great, fun, like, one-off story where, like, a group of likable, fun characters try to kill Quoth. Let's, let's keep that in, in our minds. <laughs> no, I mean, in, in all honesty, I mean, seriously, if Quoth was in Lord of the Rings, he would, like, he wouldn't be a big bad guy. Like, he's a character who's just hubristical constantly. And so, like, like, Tolkien would punish him, right? What you'd see is you'd see, like, he's with the Fellowship for a little bit, and then he, he's totally sure that if we take this turn in the road, it's going to be great. And Gandalf's like, no, dude, like, we just, we literally just saw, like, you know, orc tracks or something, right? We can't go right that way. And he's like, no, I, and he'd be so sure of himself. And he would, like, almost get the party killed and get himself killed or something with that. Like, like, I don't know, that's my, that's my, like, maybe boring answer, but he'd be the sort of, no, like, that's, I know, think true. No well, it's all. like, if it was in a book where hubris had consequences, yeah. <laughs> where hubris yeah. was hubris. If it was in a book where one, you know, the failure didn't result in success. Yeah. So uh, we have a question from uh, Zelius on Twitter. He asks, what is Kvothe Killer's class pact? Is this a Homestock Homestock thing? thing. Let's skip this one. Zelius loves to ask about (laughs) class pacts in our other podcast, The Song of Babies and Puppies, and we have forbidden him to ask any Homestock related questions ever again. Okay. Okay. We already said the word Vriska. Yeah, exactly. That's that's all the Homestock you're going to get. Do you see this? this, This. Question by at the dead god lives. Uh, yes. Yeah, so the one. spooky Freder Kruger ass jump rhyme rip the kids did about the blue man group at the beginning. Uh, before listening to your show, started unlocking memories. The concept of that rhyme was all I remembered about the books. I'm having trouble parsing these sentences. Sorry. Um, but basically, what are our thoughts on spooky kid rhymes? It's good. Creepy. It's they spooky sure kid spooky. rhymes is like one of those cliches, but it, it can be done well. Yeah. Well, like the spooky, I and mean, that's I go pat that, and I, I mean spooky kid rhymes need to have some basis in some folklore st- type vibe, yeah. right? Um, like because like there needs to be this sort of like hinting of truth, like because the real creepiness is not the kids singing themselves, but like the idea that what the kids are singing about is like that they are unaware of the evils of the world or something. They're, they're actually singing about death and whatever and the sort of you know contraposition of their naivety next to uh something that's like you know horrific in some ways gives that extra layer of like horror right it's like when it's like when a kid uh in some horror movie is just like playing in you know in one room 
and there's like blood dripping down their parents face and the other because the demon is cursing or whatever like that contraposition contrapuntalism is really uh wonderful so i think i think that like the idea that like kids are taught this uh rhyme and the whole book were shown that the chandrian do exist and they do just kill people and it's like really spooky that's that's you know that's good spooky kid rhyme yeah also and maybe this can be my pat on the back for this episode because i really don't feel like i have anything else (laughs) um and i am also stealing this from everybody hates rand um who talked about this uh like a few episodes ago when they were talking about the snakes and foxes rhyme uh from wheelie time and like that's a rhyme that like gives one of our heroes like the clues or the information that he needs in order to defeat the quote unquote snakes and foxes, like the people who are fucking I don't know hunting him down or whatever. And like that that is really interesting that like uh kids' rhymes and stuff can be used as like a vehicle for preserving information uh from the past um kind of like the way ring a ring a roses everyone's always like oh you know it's about the black plague yeah and and stuff like that and it's like that is quite interesting there are kids right now as we speak making nursery rhymes about covid that we'll hear yeah you know (laughs) there's kids being like number one victory royale yeah Uh, like like a Fortnite remix of about covid but of like ring a ring of roses and what that would sound like (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, oh my brain is breaking yeah it's gonna be so good when uh when in in the at the end of high spell the fucking big wheel keep on spinning is gonna be revealed as being super important and yeah, it means something. <laughs> it means the <something>. big <laughs> wheel keeps on spinning. <laughs> we still don't know what, but it does. Uh, let's talk about this question <laughs> by Gigalithic. So, yeah, Gigalithic underscore talk asks, what character from Patrick's special world <laughs> would you date if you isekai'd into that universe? Uh, just sorry, editorializing the tweet there. Uh, and also, <laughs> Do you not know what, what would your is? program... Wait, is it not the same no, as isekai No, it's not. It's much worse. Same. Shifting is a, oh, no. is a cool new thing on TikTok. Oh, Jesus. All right, starting again. What character from Patrick Rothfuss' special world would you date if you shifted into that universe? And also, what would your programming be when you did so? Yeah, the programming part of this tweet kind of confused me. So someone explain. What the fuck are the kids saying? I'm like, I feel like I'm 60 years old right now. Like, I like, I like, feel old. This is a hot new trend. This is how we felt yesterday when we discovered this. Is this what they're doing with the, um, like, the people pretending to be, like, Anne Frank being, like, brought by the Nazis and they're like re- no, no, that's that's just kids that's being shitty. Not I mean. to have fans. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, the shifting thing is like a hot new uh, TikTok trend, and on, on like some other websites, we've seen something on Wattpad about it, and it's like you come up with a f- you, you come up with like a script, right? Like you write mm-hmm. you write down a few things, like what you're like, what your fantasy character thing is gonna be, your mm-hmm. isekai character. And then you like mm-hmm. write down, like you, you think of a fictional universe and then you like write down what your relationships in that fictional universe would be, um, and okay. who you would meet and you know, what your situation mm-hmm. is there. Mm-hmm. And then you like mm-hmm. go to sleep mm-hmm. and then yeah. you shift into a dream reality. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Where you're uh, now in that okay. world and you can stay there weeks, you can stay there months because in the real reality, you're going to have a clone self. Who is gonna be like right. there for you in while you're in this mm-hmm. uh, in this media reality? It's like mm-hmm. trying to make lopping cool. I I- <laughs> this is exactly how what? I felt listening to like people describe Dungeons and Dragons when I was like eight. <laughs> 
What? That sounds also, sounds uh, like Robin, something. what are you talking about? LARPing has always been cool. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's basically so what, like... What's the programming? What like What is what is programming? Uh, I'm going to post an yeah. example here, which is something shifting oh into high queue. This is very involved. And it's... <laughs> it starts off with like a whole like description. Like, my name is Sakura Suzuki. I'm 16 year old. I'm that high. I'm straight. I have long brown hair. I'm very attractive. My color, skin color is 10. Mm-hmm. I have a small waist, etc. Mm-hmm. My hobbies are drawing video games and volleyball. My mental health is good. Oh, this is a Haikyuu one, <laughs> yeah, huh? Yeah, then they go on uh, <laughs> saying, I am really good as a libero. I wear baggy t-shirts and shorts, etc. I pass all my classes. I dislike annoying people. Whatever, my birthday, I attend Karasuno High School. Um, I am friends with Daichi Tanaka, Hinata, Asahi, Tsukishima, Yamaguchi, and Coach Ukai. So basically all of them. Does... So um, it's just self ins- it's just self insert fan exactly but you have to be very yeah. precise about okay. it because if you have a mistake in your script or in your programming that means um it's not going to so okay, so what the, would, is this is this the, where this person then specifies that, that they don't have any allergies <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so yeah so the the programming is the list of things that you have to write out before you go to sleep exactly. so that you don't get fucking killed in the dream and killed in real life i think it's very easy if we if i would to were to shift into uh patrick's one wonderful world i would be like someone who's very good at killing quotes like that's gonna be yeah i think if i I were to shift into patrick's uh world um it's patrick's world world is living in it i would like you know hack uh, patrick's uh makeshift desktop computer that he has (laughs) and i would find a list of all the attributes and aspects about both and i would just write those down as my programming Uh and then say also and also put down and i i have the uh, no uh uh uh, person of woman born kind of style thing to say that only i can kill kill (laughs) both yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna give you my programming real quick so um my name is enaby i'm 16 years old um i am i have long ebony black hair that's how i got my name by the way it has purple streaks and red tips um and i have icy blue eyes like limpid tears and a lot of people tell me i look like amy lee who now exists in the kvothe universe um Um, I'm not Jared. I'm not related to Jared Way, but I wish I was. He also now exists in the Kvothe universe. Yeah. Um, I'm a vampire, um, but my teeth are straight and white. I have pale white skin. I'm also a witch, um, and I go to the university in the Kvothe, um, thing. I'm a goth. Um, <laughs> um, what else can I steal from this? <laughs> Yeah, keep going. Um, I stared at a group of Rillas and I, I put my middle finger up at them. I'm best friends with, um, I don't know, who's who's emo in this? Most of them. I don't know. Um, Dana, kind of. Dana. I feel like I'm the, best friends with Dana. The equivalent to Draco is Ambrose, I guess. So. Mm. Yeah. God, I wonder um, is there like both Ambrose fake? Right, I, think I'm re- be. I, think, I think I'm ready for mine. Um, yes. I'm uh, I'm Tom Bombadil and I'm a merry fellow, <laughs> bright blue with jacket, boots yellow. Uh, not no one can catch me from the master. And my songs uh, are stronger songs, and uh, my feet are faster. My mm. I think it would that's be. a good one. Oh, uh, and, and alliances I've never met. Quote: I will never meet. Quote: uh, It is impossible for me. You're just on a different for the context. laws of the program to ever encounter. Quote. <laughs> Both cannot see me, cannot perceive me. <laughs> I cannot no perceive power. him. <laughs> <laughs>
For I am Tom Bombadil. <laughs> um, that I think I, is. Oh wait, no, we have some more Twitter things. Although I just I can... have one. I have one more. So my oh, name yeah. is. <laughs> sorry. Um, my name is Crazy Martina. Um, I have all the characteristics of a human being: blood, flesh, skin, hair, but not a single clear, identifiable emotion, except for greed and disgust. Something horrible is happening inside me, and I don't know why. My nightly bloodlust is overflowing into my days. I feel lethal, on the verge of frenzy. I think my mask is sanity is about to slip. I am going to kill <laughs> Well, what Bella Forest novel is this from? That is actually from American Psycho, but... <laughs> oh, right, yeah. Oh, my God. Get the fucking So it is. And you had sounded familiar. <laughs> oh, we, um, we have a really... Um, speaking of uh, Celius sending us extremely cursed <laughs> questions... Um, well, first of all, they asked which member of the Scooby-Doo gang is the killer... Which is a scrappy. Oh yeah, scrappy as both well, fun yeah. dead in Miami. Um, and then the second uh, most worst question I've ever seen in my life <laughs> is: You're strapped into a chair and forced to read about a sex scene. Would you rather read one of Quoth narrated by Patrick Rothfuss oh, or no. Patrick Rothfuss narrated by Quoth? I feel like the uh, the first option: Would you rather read one of Quoth narrated by Patrick Rothfuss? I mean, we have already agreed to do Wise Man's Fear, mm-hmm. so yeah, we will do that. I don't want to read about Patrick Ruffles fucking absolutely no, no, not. Uh, but no, no. All right, so no, but this is important. Uh, <laughs> both would be one of the nerds who bullied Pat. So okay. I think the I think the <laughs> sex scene would also be both bullying Pat. I think Okay. Pat, oh God. So like uh, listen, I would read both writing a, a cuckold scene with Pat Rothfuss. I'd do I I'd read that. I'd read that in a heartbeat. Let me tell you that right now. So uh, I would not. I'd read I'd read I'd read something where uh, Pat Rothfuss was, you know, embarrassed in some capacity and Quoth just made him into a like a you know blowhard. I think mm. I, I could I could see that. Do you think Quoth like so in a few years it, old, old Quoth from the Waystone, do you think he was Cuck mm-hmm. Patrick? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's hot. <laughs> next. Next, next question. question. Yeah, next please. question. Um, Discord questions time. Uh, mm-hmm. The I think the first ones that were sent in on Discord are from uh, Ray. Yeah, uh, they sent like 10 questions, fr- but they're all very good. Yeah. yeah. Um, host of Never Believe It. Um, first question, if you were to kill Kavoth, what is the clever and epic way that you would do it? I think, you know, uh, Robin describing himself um, isekaiing into, oh, sorry, um, shifting it. That, like, that's pretty clever and epic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> into Crazy Martina. I just mm-hmm. think, you know... I get whatever guns they have in Fortnite, and I would just, you know, yeah, after clearing out Tomato Town, head down to Nawara and, you know, through the window. Pretty epic. Victory Royale, number one. Nice. Pretty good. Uh, oh, yeah. I would like to, uh, this isn't clever or epic, but I would like to see it if, uh, if fucking quote at, quote at the Waystone in just like in the middle of, um, of telling, like, th- doing some, like, really gross description of women as he likes to do, just, just, like, choked on the drinky he was having. I think that would be good. He deserves it. <laughs> and you were sitting at, like, the other end of the table and you were doing the, like, cat face. Yeah. <laughs> I would be, like, the water white when he doesn't save Jess's girlfriend. I'm just gonna be like, okay, I could save you now, but I won't. Spoilers. Uh, I've never seen Breaking <laughs> Spoilers Bad. Spoilers for season two of Breaking Bad. How dare you. <laughs> Um. <laughs> I'm just thinking if Ambrose had just cut through all of his loot strings during that performance, mm-hmm. Quos would have just died of embarrassment. Oh my god. <laughs> That's so <laughs> gross. <laughs> 
See, I still don't understand why in that scene Ambrose didn't use his own loot as like a sympathy bond because then it would have been really easy. Did he have one? I don't think he had a loot. <laughs> Maybe I thought he had an instrument with him. He had like there was there was a scene. Was there a scene at some point when he had a loot, or is this just me yeah, constructing sure. a better version of this book in my mind? Again? No, I'm like a hundred percent. He he had because like they talk about him having tried for his pipes before and he didn't get them, and he's like pretty okay at it. But I just mm. I feel like he came in with a loot mm-hmm. in that scene, and I'm just like you're a fucking dumbass. I could do this. Well, <laughs> I guess I guess guess he just didn't bring it that time. It's so easy. <laughs> um, uh, my my hashtag epic way of killing folk would I would be the leader of the Blue Man Group, and when a child, a small child, appeared who obviously was part of the group that I went to kill, uh, and how, who I would have killed if he was present, I would just immediately kill them and then berate my underling. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I would do it in that order instead of. I would what simply. Happened. I would simply kill a child. <laughs> <laughs> I would travel back in time and kill both <laughs> parents. Um, okay, next question is: What could make this book bearable? Slash, if anything could happen in the third book to make it all worth it, what could it no. be? I think genuinely to make this book bearable, take out all the female characters. I know that's regressive, but I would improve it. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. I, uh, make. I mean, we said think- make fourth eighty. <laughs> Yes. 80. Yeah, make him I, an eighty-year-old woman. That would be great. Oh. Yeah, I, this would rule if he was an old woman. And I, I used to be called Quills. I have stolen princesses oh from my God. sleeping yeah, Pharaoh kings. Name of the wind becomes a, a transitioning story. Uh-huh. It's oh, like back yeah. in the day before. You know, my dead name was uh, for now. I'm uh, coat. <laughs> now I'm coat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think. I, I mean, it, go, go now. You go. I've got nothing. No, I, I, and I think, I mean, like, if we're just making one thing that would make it, because the question is, is bearable. Yeah. Um, mm. I think what would just make it bearable is if older Quoth was more, like, you know, aware of and kind of apologetic for at times uh, his younger self, right? Where the, yeah. if, if the interludes are more, were a little bit longer and were like, yeah, you know, this is, you know, this is how he sort of felt. Or maybe having like, you know, narrator Quoth actually interject more often, you know, out of time when the story is happening. So he's like, you know, I didn't know what I was getting into, uh, but there I was standing in front of this person or whatever. Um, mm. Like that, more of that tone um, mm. of, of him. If, if we got that way more often, then it would feel like a, an actual story of like reflecting on being a shitty kid. And yeah. I can I can bear that a lot more than it I can. It would make sense too, because he's like so mm. hesitant to share his story. So it would like give a good reason for why. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, because he's like, oh, I don't want to tell my epic story about how fucking cool I was. And he's yeah. like, <laughs> sure. Like, you, you shouldn't want to tell your story because you did some shitty stuff. Um, I think. <sighs> if you want me to tell you about the time where I totally, like, owned everyone I ever met. Yeah, all right. Let's, <laughs> let's get into it. <laughs> I think the thing that would make it all uh, worth it, and this isn't exactly book three, but it it would all be worth it if one day in, you know, June uh, June 2021, before Prince Philip turns 100, (laughs) um, if Pat Rothfuss... (laughs) 
if Pat Rothfuss publishes like a blog post that's just saying Doors of Stone will never be published and explains how he's realized how much his books suck and oh how much God, he has yes. contributed to an incredibly toxic culture amazing. of fandom and geekery and like D&Dness and then just deletes his account, deletes his online presence and we never have to hear about him again. I would genuinely like <laughs> clap for Patrick Rothfuss. I would I would like adore him if that happened. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. This is like fucking so Wittgenstein levels of what I wrote 20 years ago is cringe, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the, the, uh, the, right, the third slash fourth question is, how have your opinions of the book changed this read, if at all? Well, now I have some. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't like this book I... and now I really don't like it. <laughs> I didn't have an opinion on this book and now I do. Uh, I was in love with this book, and now that love, my heart has been broken. I've really you're in um, <laughs> uh, kismesis with the book. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think. Well, see, the thing is, every time I've tried to read this book in the past, it was like with like a big homemade dinner, like a big bottle of wine, and like the last time I reread it, uh, it was like out loud to my partner, and we had a lot, a lot of nice bonding time from that. So it's like I don't know. I never actually gave a lot of thought to the writing or anything, but I do. I will say I have the strongest argument in favor of this book that cannot be disputed, and that's mm-hmm. that it made it possible for me to spend all this time with you lovely people. Aww. Aww. Ah! The real king killers or the friends we made along the way. Exactly. Um, I I think that my uh, opinion has changed. That I definitely will like give the book props for you know getting get every once in a while getting a feel down right so it's like uh and like again i i'm stuck on the on the pinterest board um vibe board um Mm. i think that's just a really good reading um because you know your your eyes glaze over for so much of this book i'm sorry if yours didn't but like you read this and you just like it's it's the same description nothing you know what's going on but when your eyes glaze over you already have this like ambient lo-fi background noise and like kind of vibing with that and like you know it 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 almost becomes better because like a book with cool vibes and a lot of cool stuff happening you almost like forget about how cool of an atmosphere it is uh but because this book is so fucking mind-numbing so often like the vibes kind of like shine uh and and i think that's my sort of uh come come away from it it's just the best parts of this book when, when i'm just like uh oh, stinky. Uh-oh, stinky. Uh-oh, stinky. Uh-oh. Anyway, that, that, that's, that's me. Yeah, I think genuinely before I was like, well, there's probably some pretty good bits. Um, you know, I think this was a, uh, Eddie's Quiz Pillion tweet. There's probably some good bits and some bits that really suck. And I think my opinion has changed in that, like, I think before I was hoping that I would that there would be really good bits that we find that would be like oh these would be really good and I mean like, we did you know we find the vibes but I think the way my opinion has changed that I, I am no longer willing to hand it to those parts because of the bad parts like I am no longer interested in really caring about Patrick Rothfuss at all yep. just mm-hmm. because the bad bits exist and I'm just like you know 
They just sap <laughs> all my energy out of them, and I just no longer am willing to give credit to the good parts. Yeah. I mean, I'm mm. kind of same from a slightly different angle in that I was like, you know, I came into this podcast, I, I was pulled into this podcast as the mandatory <laughs> hater. He's kind into but, this podcast. Yeah, but like, I was still like, I, I am going to give this book a chance and I hope there's going to be things I like about it because I remember I yeah. liked to read it back then, even though like I'm well, it, it, not one thing optimistic I, I about stayed, it. And, and when, when we watched The Watch I, for yeah. our other podcast, you know, it was a bad show, but there <laughs> were a few episodes that we really liked or a few like things about it that i still think are genuinely are pretty good pretty good yeah i don't really have that about this book naming is kind of cool i guess i say this all the time it's just like i like to like things yeah i don't like not liking things cringe so i, I go kind of like <laughs> I, I i wanted to you know i'm with it i want to instead of being angry and upset all the time i would like to not be but patrick roth was at other plans for me like it, it just it really <laughs> Yeah, I mean, 100%. I mean, uh, two days ago, I did a podcast about Lady in the Water, which has a very bad movie, but it has a character that is, M. Night Shyamalan wrote into that movie a critic character who is, like, very judgmental about all movies and books. He's just, just a critic that hates all art. And he's a critic, and his main purpose in life is to be miserable about things. And then M. Night Shyamalan mm-hmm. kills off this critic character and get giving him the only on screen death in the movie. And it's like such a. I feel like, especially like filmmakers with um, fragile egos like M. Night Shyamalan, like to put in these or like to have this conception of the critic who, you know, the critics are just out there to hate. And it's. You know, it's, you know, when we say a ton of bad things about this book, it's not because we're just out there to hate, because we like, it's not because we're miserable in life, right? It's because we genuinely like <laughs> well, care, <laughs> uh, but, but we'll also like say when something is like fails to live up to the, its own promise, right? Yeah. If Patrick didn't want us to, uh, uh, actually, I was going to say mercilessly, but I think we were very merciful. If Patrick didn't want us to mercifully criticize his book. He shouldn't have put so much horrible, yeah. disgusting, bad content in it. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I want to bring the energy of this podcast up a little bit by asking a question from cottagecoresexfantasy.jpg in the uh, uh, Who Watches the Watch Discord. I do not know what their actual ad is. He asks, what are good fantasy books that you respect? Wait, we didn't talk about Ray's last question, though. Yeah, I was oh, going to say, so, I have an answer And I have an answer for it, So, yeah. So we didn't. Uh, yeah, Ray's last question is, uh, which main character of a book series will you murder next in Minecraft? Now, in, in our podcast, The Song of Babies and Puppies, we talk a lot about characters we want to kill. Um, and most of them are, like, <laughs> not main characters. Like, you know, because I think Jorah or even Littlefinger, maybe Ramsey Bolton, like, those are the characters that we really, like, that I really like the worst. And we do want to see uh, parody. Uh, but... If if I have to go with like main character as in like POV character, it's got to be Tyrion. Mm-hmm. He's kind of. <gasps> I, I I did I did just have the realization that this book is kind of like if the Song of Ice and Fire was only Tyrion POVs. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I am st- I would be I am stealing a bit from the podcast. Everybody hates Rand, but we've got to go with Rand. Mm. We need time. Yeah, everybody hates. But if you want to hear more about that, listen. Okay, actually, my recommendation, uh, instead of recommending a good fantasy book that I respect, I will recommend a good podcast <laughs> I respect, which is every, which is Everybody Hates Rand, which is also an inspiration for me for this podcast. 
I, for uh, the character that I would kill, so first, if I was going to kill a character in this book, which is, I misread the question initially, uh, Deok, second, um, <laughs> second, <laughs> um, if it's a different book, I would like to kill uh, Kaz Brecker from the Six of Crows books. I'm sorry, I really hated that series of fantasy books. I only read the first one because I didn't like it, but... I was going to say, there's more? <laughs> uh, there's like a trilogy, maybe? I'm not going to read the rest. Um... But yeah, I just did not like it. Hmm. It had the same issues of like, oh, this is a 17-year-old who wears a suit and a top hat and it's really cool and epic and a mob boss. And I'm like, he's 17. <laughs> See, I, I read it and I just sort of said, oh, wow, cool heist. And then forgot about it. Yeah. It was probably to my benefit. I didn't yeah. think about it. Yeah, there's some bad stuff in it. <laughs> Which is a shame because that, that author wrote another fantasy book that I did really enjoy in a separate, like, I, it was like an adult one, which is a, a lot better. Oh, well, do you want to tell us in an answer to CottageCrossSexFantasy.jbeg's question? Uh, so Ninth House by Lee Bardugo I read recently. Uh, that was really good. Um, that's mm-hmm. about, like, what if you could use um, magic to affect the stock yeah. market? <laughs> uh, I liked it. And I'm also currently reading Priory of the Orange Tree, yeah. which uh, I'm You're enjoying. Also it's very, very long. You're also currently reading Lords and Ladies. How do you feel about that one? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, if you want to, if you want to know how I feel about that, you can listen to a whole different. But like, podcast. genuinely, like good fantasy series that I do oh. respect is um, yeah, this quote, world. Good fantasy series that I do not respect is A Song of Ice and Fire, but I I do really like it. <laughs> um, other than that, uh, The Raven Cycle, very good. Oh yeah. Uh, trying to remember other fantasy that I've read. Oh, really good books. At least some of them are like by this German author author called Walter Mörs. Um, the main ones are the Dreizehn and Halbleben des Captain Blaubeer and uh mm-hmm. uh der Träumen in Bücher. I think I, I think they exist in English. City uh-huh. of Dreaming Books or whatever, that would be the literal translation. These are mm-hmm. they they have very good illustrations, I will say, and a ton of illustrations. And it's like you know, Stadt der Träumen in Bücher is like an interesting comparison for this one because that also really plays with meta narratives, like it's um about the main pro- the main character of the book is also like the, in in the previous books like in the first like two or three books of of this it's like a series of books that are like very very loosely connected they're just all set in the same world and in, in the previous mm-hmm. books uh they established like an author who is like the most important author of of this world and um he's you know, he has, like, gone through so many phases, done, like, it's kind of, like, almost an infinite jest type thing of how, like, <laughs> revealing this this author's opus is, like, a whole thing about, like, how many changes he went through. And then, and then this book is, like, what's canonically in the world his first book. So it's, like, the meta-narrative adds, like, from the previous books that you may or may not want to read so but but that book like really plays with the ideas of uh, of an unreliable narrator in like much more meaningful ways than this book i will say or like mm-hmm. th- that plays much more also with the idea that you don't you're not supposed to like this character <laughs> like he's he's clearly written as a guy who who is like unlikable and kind of like bloats up his own ego right mm. Mm. What you were saying about like oh plays with some of the same concepts as this book, but genuinely throughout this whole read, the book has made me really want to go and reread Grandmaster of Demonic Cultivation. Yeah. Because it's just like, oh, some of the, like the same themes of like notoriety and story and reputation 
um, and being good at stuff and being downfalled by your own hubris, I'm like, mm, but just like, I want to read about Wei Wushan though. <laughs> I want to read this like gay Chinese e novel, please, that you have to go to exiledrebels.com and read. And it says like, for all your boy love needs. And I'm like, yeah, this, this, this <laughs> is where it's at. Cause it really is. Uh, I really hope that one day, uh, Modazushi gets like an actual like English translation uh-huh. and publication. That would be cool. It really deserves it. It doesn't deserve to only be able to be read on exiledrebels.com. Yeah. Although, you know, they are they are doing us a service. Um but what you what you were saying about fantasy books that I like but don't respect, I would put like all of Brandon Sanderson under there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Every time um, throughout this uh, podcast, when Dan is like, a good fantasy author, Brandon Sanderson, I'm like, I mean, yeah. I just <laughs> don't respect him simply mm-hmm. because he's so Mormon. But mm-hmm. the books the books he writes are good. And yeah. I, I, I respect them. I, I, I second that. I, I, um, I think Brandon Sanderson is really good. Brandon Sanderson's not good for people who... Um, I will say across the, I, I can't speak for some, for his uh, Way of Kings series, or Stormlight Archive, which I, um, I still have to get into, but at least the Mistborn bits that I really like. I mean, I, those books are so heavily tied to like high religious overtones that you kind of have to be ready for it. Um, but I think I, I'm going to give sort of some oblique answers here. I'm going to, I have three things in mind. Um, None of them are really fantasy, but they're kind of close. Um, mm. Or it feels weird to call them fantasy. Um, I think Kazao Shiguro's The Buried Giant. I'm a big Shiguro fan. I teach him fairly regularly, but his The Buried Giant, it's like set in Anglo-Saxon Breton, um, England, and sort of right at the tail end of a big Arthurian conquest uh, where like God, you know, Sir Gawain's still sort of roaming around. And it's it's a masterpiece. I mean, it truly, truly is a, a masterpiece of a novel about forgetting and the sort of miasma of forgetting. And it's, it's really wonderful. Um, the science fantasy, and I really think, I think understanding it as like a science fantasy is probably the best way to understand it. Um, I'm not a huge science fiction fan, but, um, I really like Three Body Problems trilogy. Um, it has another name that's not the Three Body Problem trilogy, but, um, it's really great. They've all been translated from the Chinese at this point, And the first one is just, you know, incredible, but each one of them is such a rich idea filled novel. That's, you know, just really wonderful. Um, and the last I'm going to recommend, so I'm a huge, uh, Mario Kata fan or Mario Kata fan, excuse me. Um, she's this, you know, mangaka animator. She did, you know, she's the one who did, um, she made, uh, Anohana, uh, mm. which is the saddest and one of the best animes of all time. Um, but Makia, When the Promised Flower Blooms is a 2018 anime movie. It's about two hours that, um, she wrote and directed. She just directed. She just wrote, or she directed it at the very least. Yeah, she directed it and did the screenplay of it. And it's not going to be the best fantasy story you ever see, but it's an incredible story about like motherhood from such a weird angle. Um, and it's just, if you want to watch a pretty, you know, not traditional, but sort of like using what's there, using what is already present in the fantasy genre to just tell some incredibly deep character stories and just really reflect on certain certain issues, I, I can't recommend it highly enough. Again, like I said, it's not going to be the best fantasy novel or fantasy movie you've ever watched. It's not going to be the best fantasy world you've ever seen. But it's it is really really worth your time. Um, so Machia, when the promised flower blooms, I, I highly recommend. This is making me realize that I like my jump my bimbo's jumping out because I don't think I read a lot of books. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out like 
Where does my love of fantasy even come from? I've been thinking about it. It's like mostly just like I'm thinking about Ghibli movies and like Adventure Time and Undertale is like, I think I'm more of a a visual Mm. person, maybe. Would you (laughs) recommend Avatar The Last Airbender as like a good fantasy story? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I Uh, like that's a big mood because like reading this book for this podcast i mean this is like one of the only books that i've read in like the last six months you love that um i just like yeah like i'm realizing because much like patrick rothfuss the great god king author himself (laughs) i also like read voraciously as a kid uh because you know we didn't have a tv we lived in the country much like the great god king author patrick um again like (laughs) any of that (laughs) I'm just repeating the phrase much like the great God King author Patrick Rothfuss himself. Uh, It's a literary technique called repetition. You wouldn't know about Uh, it. True, true. Um, (laughs) But like all of most of the fantasy books that I have read, like for I started out with like what my mom read, which was yeah. uh, like again from the eighties. Uh, started out with like David Eddings, who's honestly those books should be fucking banned. They are incredibly racist. Um, or rather race essentialist and racist as well. Um, you know, red shit like Aragon, red shit like, uh, Wheelie Time. I read fucking Terry Goodkind, which are also like those books, thinking back of them, they are mostly torture porn. Red <laughs> fucking Terry Brooks, like Terry Brooks, I thought was shit at the time as well. Like, I did read Terry Pratchett, so we got some good stuff there, but just like, I have always been like, oh yeah, I read loads of fantasy, but not. I'm thinking back to like my childhood mm. and teenagerhood, and I'm like, yeah. did I read anything good? It's <laughs> exactly how I'm feeling right now. Um, so I'm, I'm loving all the recommendations. Yeah. Like I've genuinely been looking for a good fantasy to read for years. So and yeah, like it's just like when I think of fantasy, I okay, second, no, second, millionth Pat Rothfuss theory. Maybe it's just because he looks like that. Because he just looks like what a fantasy yeah. author I think that was what like. I was trying to say Absolutely. throughout this entire episode, but you you nailed it. Like, that's that's it. And, like, Robert Jordan looked like that as well. Except Robert Jordan had a hat, and I... Actually, I do respect Robert Jordan's hat. Yeah. Um, good hat. Uh, Pat Rothfuss <laughs> needs to get a hat. Um, Terry Pratchett also nailed the fantasy author look. Yeah, he had a good hat as yeah. well. Shit. Um, it's all in the hat. I, I will say Terry Pratchett's books, obviously Discworld and uh, Good Omens, was those were always my favorite books growing up. Yeah, mm. Mm. those are no new recommendations. <laughs> yeah, bears repeating that. Good. Uh, I I will yeah. just like as I am looking at Vatimers' Wikipedia, right? Because if you're if you're genuinely curious about checking these out, uh, most of them are translated into English. The first one is uh, the Thirteen and a Half Lives of Captain Bluebear. I would actually recommend starting with that one because that's what establishes the world. Um, and it's really fun. And then Rumor and His Miraculous Adventures is the next one and City of the Dreaming Books. Like these three are the ones that I would recommend and the other ones are not really worth it. But like read Captain Bluebear first and then the other two you can read in whatever order you want. Mm. I'm thinking mm. the only like properly incredible fantasy book that I've read in the last few years has got to be Jonathan Strange and Mr. Oh, that's so good. I almost forgot about that one. Yes. I, I still haven't read that one. It's been on my list for it's ages. Really good. It's 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 like like I, fuck. It's so unique also because the the main characters are so unlikable. <laughs> Like it's <laughs> yeah, like and the magic, and it, you know, it, and like it, most of the magic in it f- doesn't feel good, like doesn't feel fun, and it's still like so good. It just 
like that actually that book is the reason that I'm Sarah McCostumes. Um because that book got me in very interested in like uh Regency period stuff, which got me interested in costume, yeah. which got me uh you know, domino oh. meme. Uh Sarah becomes employed by Netflix to make costumes <laughs> for Netflix movies. Uh and then the small domino. I, can't I was just that. trying to think what I was really stuck on like I know the author's name, Susanna Clark, and she wrote uh Perinesti as well, which I read recently, which is yes. pretty oh, good. Oh fuck, I meant to order that. I forgot to do something. Yeah, Jonathan Jonathan Nora and Mr. Strange is like Kind of like an alternate reality uh, fantasy thing where it's like in the Regency period, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like... Napoleonic Wars. Uh, yeah, and it's like in a world where like... I, I think the general idea is really cool that like magic is taught at universities but as something that happened in the past. Like it's just theoretical magic. Um, so you just like mm. learn about the history of like... In in the year five hundred or whatever, like thousand over a thousand I, years ago, you know. Yeah, I think the other very interesting thing to note about Jonathan Strange and Mister Norrell is that it's written like in the style of a Victorian yes, yes, novel, yes. Um, and like the writing voice is from like eighteen sixty or something, and like all the spellings, the font in the book is actually the font Baskerville, yeah. And there's a little note at the back about how that font was like invented in blah blah blah, and that's mm-hmm. now the font that I use. I've used oh for all god. my essays and dissertations for the last five oh years. Oh god, yeah, she really <laughs> nails nails that style. So like, I I read that book when like I had a I had a period in my life where I was like mostly reading books from like <laughs> the nineteenth century what for whatever reason, like late nineteenth early uh, 20th century and like then I read Jonathan Nora and Mr. Stranger that like slipped like fit right into that like mm. Mm. what a good book I I should reread that one <laughs> instead of I should have reread, reread that one instead of Name of the Wind <laughs> no but this, <laughs> this is good this. like someone said this has brought exactly. us together <laughs> exactly can I also confess one more yes, thing please <laughs> first podcast I ever tried to do was a Jonathan Stranger Mr. Norrell podcast oh my god Ooh. Okay, that's gonna make me read it. I, I will say the the fact that it's written in the like Victorian style voice is gonna put me off, but I will try. <laughs> it is like I can't read Victorian shit. It's incredibly hard to me. But like mm. that, actually no, because I I I did do the audiobook, so that kind of that that managed it for me. Audiobook is mm. really really good. Oh, also the other thing that JSNM does is like it does the footnotes thing, where like sometimes the footnote is more yeah. on the page, and I'm like, oh yes, mm-hmm. tasty. Um, it's like God. Remember books? I don't know. Jonathan Stranger Mister has like such a good, like such a such a distinct vibe, but but like in different, not 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 in the way that this one has, where it's like it's just vibes and no content. But that's a really good book <laughs> at nailing how uh, how the vibe and the content like work together, really beautifully. Mm. I just okay. We should probably move on yeah. to questions, actually. But like, and we can also know, like start closing out because we're like this is longer than our normal episodes. Uh, there's a few more shot questions. Um, uh, where I asked like five more. How would Pat Roth this review Heartspell and Goodreads? Um, uh, he'd hate it, but that's because yeah. it's good. Yeah, he would write a bad review, and then the bad review would get like a million upvotes. It would get uh, Goodreads gold. <laughs> Tip um, my hat to you, <laughs> sir. Tip God. Uh, uh, what if Quoth went to your university? Would you let him go to the pub with no, you? He's well, 15. yes, I would oh. show up at his open mic night and I would get uh, thrown out of the pub for heckling. He would not go to my university because he's 15. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, there were 17 year olds at my university. Yeah. But were there 15 year olds? Um, 
I hope not. Exactly. Um, uh, what kind of cool OP magic would you like to have if you were the main character of a fantasy book run by Patrick Rothfuss? <laughs> I would like to be able to fly. I'd like mm. to create and destroy life. Giorno Giovanna Giorno Giovanna Yeah, I would, I would just have a golden experience. Yeah. I would have sticky fingers. I feel like a whole life of like telekinesis would be great. People think about like telekinesis, like you know, kind of blunt moving stuff around. If you're doing this for like thirty years, you, know, you got to get really good at like just doing moving little things around. I don't know. Like I like imagine I like being. A, that... I was just gonna say. I think if I was telekinetic, I'd just get really yeah. lazy. If your brain would be so swole. My brain. If I was telekinetic, you. I would steal like ten billion dollars immediately. <laughs> And then, yeah. like, live on top of like a tower and just like a clockwork tower, and just be like a like a a, a little clockmaker guy. Like, hello, welcome. <laughs> and he's like, "You're Dan. You're you're 27." Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Um, that is all of our question. Uh, well, like they also asked, "What will you read next?" Is palate cleanser? I think. We've sort of been yeah. over that. Although, actually, specifically what I am going to read next is uh, Max uh, from Pot of Greed gave me uh, Anne Leckie's, um, what are they called? Ancillary Justice series, uh, which are good sci-fi books um, about having a gender, or rather about not having a mm. gender because you're a spaceship, but you still use mm. your pronouns, but you don't have any gender, and I'm like, hmm. Much to think about. I'm going to read uh, Moda Zushi next because I still haven't finished it and I will be on uh, podcasting as probably in the cloud recesses in a few weeks. So I have to read that. And for like non-podcasting purposes, I have The Way of Kings by a certain Brandon Sanderson here on my desk. Me too. So that's... Mm-hmm. I'm, I, large, I hope I'm going to be able to... I, I, I'll have to finish Lords and Ladies for tomorrow's podcast first, but then I'll hopefully be starting Mr. Brandon's book pretty soon. I am writing a dissertation and just got a revise and resubmit article on for one of my articles to be published in a journal soon. So I will be reading nothing but like the most drab and boring <laughs> academic criticism you can, you can imagine. That's my, my palate cleanser is hot ashes <laughs> on my tongue. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, I was going to say, well, I'm glad that we could do this podcast so you have a fun and good book like Name of the Winter read. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, no, exactly, yeah, exactly. Really, really using my use my spare reading time just, just to maximum potential. <laughs> I'm just going to be reading the likes and comments and my notifications. Yes! <laughs> I'm going to be reading the five-star reviews that the mm. Quoth Killer Chronicles listeners leave us on iTunes. <laughs> iTunes, you I get one. I am going to be reading the tweets that use the hashtag Quoth Killer Season 2 hashtag... Um, Wise Man's Fear season where people post their screenshots of blocking Pat Rothwas. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes. Even though we already confirmed <laughs> that we would do season two, but you still have to block yes. Patrick Rothfuss because we are doing it's like a contract because we did the thing you now have to do the anyway uh, i think there are two more questions uh and they're quick i think though oh, uh yeah uh, i don't know where they are yeah they're just it's just uh uh Giannis posted them uh would you let me play a foth like character in a tabletop campaign you were running uh no no, <laughs> no yeah, easy easy there thanks thanks for thanks uh morgue for that one and lucille if patruff was ur dm What's the last straw that would make you leave the game? Um, I just think it would be so fast. Yeah. Like, it would be the way the opening scene was described. Like, we start in a tavern and he just starts describing the barmaid and I'd be out. <laughs> yeah. Be like, I know I'm tapping out here. I Sorry. Think that, 
to me it would be like uh if if he makes you watch uh your character's parents make out and be like oh <laughs> y- you can learn something from this mm. i um. <laughs> <sighs> i think for me the the last straw you know i'd be with him for for so long because he's just so charismatic um <laughs> Fuck! I know I can't finish the sentence. For me, it would be uh, when the, I I bring my character and then we go to a, a place and like the hottest person in the world is there. Like literally, famously, the most attractive person in the world is there, and and this person tries to seduce my character. Um, and and Pat Roth, this is just like, what do you mean you don't want to have sex with my incredibly sexy NPC that I, I made up? Mm-hmm. Like I don't understand, and I'm like. But Pat Roth was like, I don't want to do this. And he's just like, and then we spend about two hours just, and he's just like, well, why, why not? And I'm like, I simply don't. And then I leave. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I think, um, I mean, I would ghost like I do with most campaigns and just done <laughs> oh, being I'm not in. free then. Um, no, yeah, sorry. It doesn't, it doesn't work. Uh, I got stuff going on tonight. Um, I, I, but I think the moment, because you know this would happen, where you would become NPCs in your own campaign, where like it's like paths, <laughs> yeah. people would be going to like, like, you know, you're thrown into a big civil war and you're like level <laughs> one people and like you just keep hearing about the machinations of these like, you know, God tier people and like your your effects have like no real impact on the world right you have like a like you know you have a skirmish but like oh but the whole battle is already determined or something um <laughs> hey, you know and, who does dm like this travis McElroy. okay <laughs> i was gonna say i haven't seen uh pat dm before but I, I like it has to be like this right yeah. like i can't imagine him doing anything yeah. else i don't like yeah. i have heard him say several times that he is not a good dm and that, but oh, he's a really good player, sure. though. Actually, I will not subject myself because I already have like I already hate watching actual plays. Um, I'll begrudgingly listen to your actual play podcast, uh, but like sitting there to watch like famous famous people, comedians, and fantasy authors uh, be in a campaign run by Matt Mercer, I I feel like I have better uses of my time, so I'm not gonna watch Patrick Rothfuss <laughs> play in a campaign. Yeah, understandable. I know there's mm-hmm. some uh, critical role fans in this call. Uh, nothing against them. <laughs> well, I don't know if I would say I'm a critical role fan. I just find it a very good thing to put on while I'm doing other things. Like it's supremely ignorable. <laughs> like I would recommend it for being depressed or being like busy and doing something else. Mm. Pretty good. Um, I think that's. I think that's a wrap. Mm. I think end. I've taken all I can take and I can't take no more. <laughs> Do we want to have an on-screen talk or like an on-air talk about this? How are we going to continue this podcast? What's the few, what's for what's next for this? Okay, you know what I genuinely do want to do. I don't know when I'm going to we're going to be able to do it. <laughs> Sorry. Just had to get one in the podcast somewhere. Um you know, maybe I will be available in in a few weekends' time. But I do, I do, because I know summer. You said you've never played a tabletop role playing game. I would love to play a quote unquote D and D like game where we do all play fucking bards or whatever, and we do go and kill. Yes, I, I would like to play this podcast. We have to. That sounds that amazing. That sounds extremely good. Is that is that what we're gonna do next, or like? Because that's just like one episode, maybe two if it. That is that is simply one episode. Um, I'm not doing Wise Man's Fear until at least 2022. I I can't. That not, is very fair. So that's fine, yeah. Um, I would consider doing slow regardless of silent things before then, maybe. Yeah, maybe we can um, do 
Because I, I feel like we need to take a few months off at least. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We can do mm-hmm. the um, actual play thing whenever. <laughs> and yeah. then like maybe in a that. few months the, the, the novella um, that's just probably going to be like one yeah, or two we, episodes, right? We can decide that off air. Yeah. Just, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but basically don't, you're going to hear from us um, probably something that's still going to happen this year and then for the big season two uh, you're gonna have to wait until 2022. Yeah. Don't, don't leave the light on for us. Yeah. Yeah, but keep following the feed. But uh... exactly, don't 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 unsubscribe yeah. because there's still gonna be some things coming. But uh, mm. don't refresh it every single week. Uh, <laughs> You'll be disappointed. Or, or do I'm not, I'm not a fucking cop. Yeah. yeah. I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just some dude's voice. Go ahead like, and do whatever you want. Go ahead and re-listen to the episodes that are already out of this show. Or go ahead to, and listen to any of our other podcasts. And with that, Aha! time to sign off. <laughs> time to sign off. Uh, you know what? I'm going first. I'm put. I'm stepping forward bravely. I'm. I've been Sarah McCostumes. You can find me online at Sarah McCostumes. Uh, you can find me at Pod of Greed, the Yu-Gi-Oh GX now uh, rewatch podcast, uh, and on Never Believe It, an RTD watch podcast. Uh, you can also. I did go on Wow Cool Robot, which is a Gundam podcast, and I am also maybe soon going to be. Well, I will in May be guesting on Mobile Suit Breakdown, which is also a Gundam podcast because I've been on that Gundam shits these days mm. <laughs> and that's what's up with me uh popcorn summer yes uh i've been up to all kinds of things i can't remember but you can find them all on my twitter <laughs> at stellar ghost <laughs> <laughs> nice popcorn someone oh 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 forgot that's how it works uh popcorn robin uh thank you um i am uh, uh robin you can find me on twitter at diplobrocus um I am a co-host of Who Watches the Watch, also um, with Janosch, um, and that is where we are reading and have watched Terry Pratchett's and spin-offs of Terry Pratchett's work, <laughs> <laughs> um, inspired by, uh, depends on who you ask. Anyway, um, that's going good. Uh, I have been, I am a host of Fred Says Fuck, we'll do another episode at some point, um, and I'm also writing Heartspell, um, which is a great young adult novel, better than this book that we've been reading. Um, and you can listen to that on its own separate feed now, or you can give us money on Who Watches the Watch and listen to it up to date on our Patreon feed. I say up to date, I still yeah. need to edit the last episode. Yeah, that's uh, Immortal Incantations, Cotton and Heartspell, if you want to listen to the free feed, and patreon.com slash who watches the watch if you want to give us one euro to get all the episodes. You can give us more though if you want. <laughs> Yeah. Do you want to popcorn me? <laughs> oh, we have popcorn Janosch. Uh, I've been Janosch at Janosch Capoeira on Twitter. Um, you can listen to all the great shows Robin mentioned, as well as uh, Song of Babies and Puppies, in which we read A Song of Swords still for a while, um, or listen to Lynchpin, on, in which we watch all of David Lynch's work. Um, if you have any access to the TV show, uh, on the air which is what he did after Twin Peaks uh, and you know can get that to us I would highly appreciate that because it's nowhere available <laughs> um, was that everything oh yeah and you should listen to Fear Baiting I was on an episode uh, I talked to about Lady in the Water together with my good friend Roy as well as uh, the hosts of the show Sarah and Blair it has been I think one of the more chaotic episodes of that podcast um, because that movie oh man now that's a movie 
<laughs> Popcorn Much Daniel. like Cocaine Bear is going to be. Uh, yeah, my name's Daniel McClickin. Uh Yeah, I'm just begging you to read better books. <laughs> That's it. Like, listen, just just look look at the National Book Award, Booker, find some Nobel Prize winners, read shit in translation, so find some cool stuff that's being translated uh, from different languages. Yeah, go to exceldrebels.com. <laughs> just, just please, I'm begging you to just to just read. There's a lot of short, good novels out there, too. Just, just, just please, mm. uh, people of the world, stop making me look at uh, the new New York Times bestseller book. <laughs> which is objectively ass in the same book that was published four years ago uh, <laughs> over and over again. I, I am losing my mind. And if you want to save me, uh, all it takes is, you know, just do a little bit of Googling and, and, and going, you know what? I'm smart and I deserve a book that is good. Block that's, 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 Pat please. Rothfuss on Twitter. Please. Block Pat Rothfuss mm-hmm. on Twitter. Block, yes, please. Block him. Block, Block uh, Pat Rothfuss Read all the great book recommendations that we gave here. Um, yeah. You, yeah. Watch. You will. You will be happier. You'll be happier if you block that. Great movie I watched last week. This is Spinal Tap. Watch that. It has nothing to do with anything <laughs> we talked about it here, but it's a better use of your time Final than reading this book. Rad. Go play Smash on the beach. The, please. Yeah. yeah. Go. Go get fucking laid if you want to. Like, do, like do something that's not nerd shit. Do like whatever. Like, get like get laid. Don't get laid. Like, go and like vibe. Right. Do just, a push just up. Do. Just do something go, better. Go throw some hoops <laughs> take a nap take a fucking nap <laughs> microdose death <laughs> write down very specific things that you're gonna do in your dream world this guy and take a fucking nap babes <laughs> yeah right. shifted Yo, I'm, I'm gonna go i'm gonna go I'm gonna go isekai shift into the world of paradise lost so i'll talk to y'all later <laughs> but you know that every single night um i'm gonna go isekai shift into the world of bed um <laughs> Time zones. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm Isakai shifting into the world where the bear-centric thriller Cocaine Bear, directed by Elizabeth Banks, exists and is out, and I can not. Yeah, I'm really excited about this movie. It's just making me think of the Dracus. I'm going crazy over this. I hope they get excited. I can't believe it's just titled Cocaine Bear. It's like. It's like if they if they called the astronaut diaper the astronaut diaper. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>